This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that quite simply must go on. Uh, we're living in very uncertain times, not since the Second World War has football in England been suspended with the possibility that it might not return for a long time. For all of us, football, Chelsea in particular, is a passion, but it's much, much more than that. It's the conduit through which we meet up with so many friends and celebrate the joy of being alive. It's the antidote to the drudgery and tedium of everyday life. It gives us a buzz and it gives us meaning. What happens when that's taken away from us? After all, we're social creatures and isolation is not in our nature. Anyone who has listened to this show for the last 12 years, yes, 12 bloody years, will know that we've never, ever let the football get in the way of the football chat. And right now, we're not going to let the complete lack of football get in the way of the football chat. We're all mates, predominantly because of the bond of football and Chelsea, and because of the Chelsea fancast, we've made mates from all over the world, many of whom we've never even met. We owe it to you to support the community we've created and to carry on the show. Whether Chelsea are playing football or not, the show must go on. And uh, tonight is the 496th episode of the Chelsea Fancast, which, of course, I am calling The Show Must Go On, because, of course, it must. And uh, I I kind of uh, was denied, denied seeing this charming man the other night uh, on the Friday Night Love Show, Love Sports Show, because of this bloody virus. Jonathan, how the devil are you, sir? Oh, how nice to be called charming, Cheech. How lovely. Thank you. I'm well. I've aged, but I'm well. Thank you very much. Good. As a, Thank you. I'm good. How are you, I'm, Tony? How are you, Martin? Lovely to uh, yeah, be very on good. the airwaves with very you. Very good. Yeah. Very well, mate. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say any more than that because I don't want to tempt fate. No. So I should say I'm in adequate health. Adequate health. Adequate is good enough for me. And well, well done, Jonathan, for 
scuppering my uh, kind of secret announcement of the fact that we had Tony and Martin on the show. We haven't got we have got oh, Tony Tony oh, Glover, the Reverend Tony Glover, with us on the end of the pier show tonight. Evening, evening. It's, it's good to be here. I, I must admit, it seems odd that um, for for me, someone who said after the 2012 Champions League win, I wonder if I could retire as a fan now. And now I'm sitting there thinking, what do I do now? I know. What, what do I do on Saturday afternoons and Sunday when, like, before my grandchildren come over? I've normally got the football on. It was just like in the end, I ended up watching Toy Story 4, which was good. You know, but it weren't it weren't no Premiership. No, indeed. And uh, different, the different type of buzz. Exactly. Now, as you've already already known, we, the 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 the, for, uh, the the fourth member of the quartet. It's kind of a bit like a a podding shed versus Chelsea fancast dance off with Martin Wickham in the podcasting, yeah. the football podcasting version of Michael Flatley role. Uh, Mr. Oh Martin Wickham. <laughs> How you doing? What an intro. Um, there you go. Won't <laughs> talk about how carefree and Lord of the Dance are the same and. I should also point out we're still hanging on in fourth. We are, mate. And do you know what, Martin? Uh, we are one of only two English clubs to be left in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> Every cloud, eh? Every cloud yeah. on all of that. So we lasted longer than Liverpool and Spurs. Who knew? All right. There's, I mean, believe it or not, we've got loads to talk about tonight. Uh, for example, on the show tonight, uh, we ask, are the Premier League optimistic about the football returning in April? Will or should... Uh, the season be voided and if so well of course it should so Liverpool don't win the title but apart from that if so what will this mean how long will be off for and what will the players do with no football in part two we say keep calm and carry on fan casting uh, we've got uh, top 10 tips on what to do without football and sport and none of them involve masturbating so don't panic uh, if the season gets cancelled we'll get will we get our money back I bloody hope so and uh, with a lengthy hiatus from football will some of us not actually come back or will absence make the heart grow fonder? And in part three, we ask, if this is the end of the season, how will we remember it? What are the marks out of ten for Frank and Jody? Who were our best, most improved and most disappointing players? What was the best and worst game? All these kind of things. We, we, we will actually talk football. I know, crazy but true, we will. And to wrap up in part four, we've got some uh, cracking emails, as ever, to read out, which we will do. And uh, I, I can de- delighted to tell you that this week we have the professional back amongst our ranks, so you won't have to put up with me or Clayton reading them, because Jonathan can read them uh, as he Did is supposed Clayton, to do. Clayton read them? Oh, good for him. Clayton volunteered like the true pro that he is, mate. It was great. Took the load off really? me a bit. But it wasn't the same as you. We both felt, that as we were doing it, we weren't, we weren't doing it justice and uh, that we missed your professionalism but there you go right uh don't forget of course you can listen to the show live every monday at seven o'clock uh, or a bit late when my computer doesn't work uh, by going to mixler mixlr.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast where of course you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page as many of you are and i'm glad to see that they're all creeping creeping out under their duvets because they've realized that these idiots from the chelsea fancast are attempting to do a two-hour show when there's no football so how lovely to see more of you in the house uh, Mr. Crowder, lovely to see PC in there. Matthew the American, Pete42, CFC2510, Aussie Sign My Broken Leg. Monyaki's back in the house. Great to see Monyaks in there. Benji Toe, ah, Bob Uzre, Rob Coombe, Tuba4, Andrew Self, Kev M, they're all there. Bert Stoltz, loads, of, loads more as well. Always lovely to see you in there. It really, really is. Uh, of course, you know, whilst there's bugger all going on on the football pitch, uh, even more reason to tweet us and let out your 
angst, anger, frustration, you name it, by tweeting us at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, uh, occasionally I even respond, you know. It's not a complete thankless task. You'll be surprised. Anyway, after the break, we will be, in, we will be as Star Trek used to know, going where no man has gone before to do a two-hour show <laughs> about football when there's no flaming football. We will be back soon. Right now, uh, I have to say, uh, this is I hate to start the show out on on a very sad note, but I, I have to start the show out on a really sad note. Uh, I found out um, yesterday uh, that uh, that uh, the lovely Felix Verin, uh, who some of you I know, many of you who listen to the show will know, um, but Felix uh, was a very early, one of the first uh, people to a listen to the fan cast when we started it in two thousand and eight. And B, uh, you know, join and populate the uh, the Facebook group that we started. I mean, I remember when we only had about 50 people in there. And a very fine man he, he is, or should I say was, because very, very, very sadly I heard that Felix had succumbed uh, to cancer after quite a long illness uh, over quite a few years, I'm led to believe. Um, and I'm really absolutely devastated by this news. I, I was actually lucky and privileged enough to not only... Engage with uh, Felix via the fan cast and on the various groups and stuff on Facebook. But I actually met him uh, because I went over to uh, Los Angeles in 2009 when Chelsea played Inter Milan in some weird uh, kind of makeup tournament, uh, which was at the uh, Pasadena Rose Bowl. Uh, and I had a few Guinnesses with him in the in the pub, which was Lucky Baldwin's. And then a couple of years after that, I, I happened to be filming in San Diego, and I went down to. Uh, to join him in his pub with a whole load of other San Diego blues, uh, you know, DJ among them, uh, Phil, uh, Ed, a lot of lovely people, Eric, uh, who I remember so well. And we, I mean, they were wonderful. I mean, I didn't have to buy a drink, of course, you know. I mean, I did protest at this. Uh, they also bought me lunch, made me deep fried Mars bars, and we had an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, and it was lovely to see them because Felix was up the road from uh, from Carlsbad. Uh, I think Chelsea played Birmingham and we beat them 3-1 so as I said I was very very lucky to meet Felix uh, and a lovely 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 bloke he was proper Chelsea loved Chelsea loved the fan cast and as I said very sadly he passed away this weekend so I would like to raise a metaphorical pint of Guinness to Felix in his honour and stay carefree mate and up the Chelsea you are very sorely missed so there you go sorry to bring everybody down a bit but uh, as I said I think that was very important that it was said so there you go. I suspect not, none of you lot. You, you, he kind of predated all of you lot. So I would imagine you would not know who he was. Am I right in saying this? Yeah, I didn't didn't know. Didn't no. he, did he did he uh, tweet and Facebook or did he not do that? He was quite a quite an avid Facebooker uh, and, and definitely a very beloved member of. Uh, if, if it's just a bit of kind of weird fan cast history, really. Um, when when I set up the, I mean, this all really kind of kick started because I set up a Facebook group very very early on after I started the show, and people just kind of joined it and got on, and it was just brilliant fun. And then, uh, and then a whole load of loonies turned up and, and started annoying everybody. And then the lovely Liam uh, managed to kill the Facebook group by making it private. 
So apart from the fact that A, we kind of killed it, although it still exists to this day, and B, a lot of people got very upset with the nappy shitting that was going on, <clears throat> the lovely Diana Jupp uh, created a new group called uh, Blue Bloods, Chelsea Blue Bloods, yeah. which kind of carried carried the spirit of the original fan cast group on, and she does an absolutely fantastic job, and she's absolutely lovely to boot. Uh, and they all carry on the very much original kind of banter we all enjoyed. And Felix was very, very much part of that. And that's, I got to know really uh, through Diana, who let me know, and also Mike Keegan, Mike, or Keegs as we used to call him. Uh, he was a very, very early listener to the fan cast, and, and we, we kind of know and love him well too. So for all of those that knew Felix, uh, I share your grief, and it's a very sad loss. So there we go. All right. Now, uh, there are many, of course, who are already grieving for uh, the loss of the Premier League uh, after the after they kind of announced in a rather mealy-mouthed fashion, as far as I'm concerned, that they were <laughs> they were postponing yeah. it until April the 4th. Indeed. But here's here's the thing. Um, Jonathan, I mean, I know you, you and I had a bit of a bite at this on Friday, although I managed to completely screw up the show by getting phoned up by clients while I was trying to be on air and not knowing which... Pro- but where were you? I wondered why you kept this. Mate, I it mean, was... not in a men- mentally, you know, I understood, though. Because I, I found myself talking for quite a long time. I, I know. Thinking, you must have been delighted. <laughs> I was actually calling up. Wow, I've actually finished a sentence. Touche. But no, I mean, basically, I was was on air, but I had my headphones in, which was stupid. Uh, and then, and then I got. Fa- I, I I dropped the wrong bloody call. I meant to drop the call that was coming in. And I ended up dropping Love Sport, and it was just. And then I was making that awful noise where it was all going pear shaped, and I completely. Oh, that re- was in that yeah. bit when they actually asked me about what I thought of the coronavirus, and yeah. I thought, oh. God, I'm going to have to sound like a doctor here. Yeah, and uh, I thought I did quite a good job actually. I you did all right. Voice. I listened to I it. To, I listened to it to see the full horror of what I'd managed to do to ruin the show. But anyway, um, here's the thing, mate. Personally, I think that they're being incredibly optimistic. I think what we've now heard on the news today absolutely validates what I was saying on Friday, which is this ain't coming back. I reckon. So, I mean, certainly not before I'd say July at the earliest. And I would but suspect who, long who after made, who, that. Who chose this? Who chose this arbitrary date of April? What all about? Who came up with that? Who? Well, I mean, it, well, I think, I think, mate, mate, Jonathan, any kind of I think originally, yeah. originally it was done because uh, if they were to come back on April the 4th, that would leave just enough time until the, 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 the normal date when the season ends to be able to shove three games a week in, which is what they would have needed to have done to do that. And I also think, of course, that there's a bit of kind of a Mexican standoff going on here because they can't... If they if, if The minute the Premier League say, that's it, we've cancelled this season's league, Sky and BT will be all over them like a rash saying, can we have our money back, please? We'll all be on, our, on, on Sky and BT's back saying, can we have our money back, please? So yeah. it will have an, a massive knock-on effect. So they are probably trying to, you know, to kind of procrastinate on that as long as they can. Hedging their bets. Yeah. I they mean, are. they are optimistic, Tony, though, aren't they? That it's, it, it ain't coming back. When do you think it will be back? There's a couple of points here. One... Um, you know, the, the minute anybody's uh, diagnosed with it, you've got 14 days. So that's our club done. There will be other people who come across this. Um, you're not going to be playing games behind closed doors because you're then risking just the players and the staff have to go there. Um, and I, I, you know, out of all of the people who summed up the correct attitude for me, and he's not a very likeable person, and that was Lewis Hamilton when he sat there uh, in the press conference for the Formula One, the Australian Formula Grand Prix. He said, I don't even know what we're doing here. 
and they said something to him and he said i'll tell you why we're here because cash is king and the next day they cancelled it and he went up in my estimations because he was it, it was so scathing that that the authorities would consider the money and the cash and the, the the reputation and the brand before people yeah and i think that's you know it's finally coming to the fore where i think just a three or four weeks ago italy said people first economy second yeah put the people first um and i think in this sort of kind of unprecedented situation that always has to be i i don't think it will come back um i've got some fairly strident opinions on on the what should happen uh, if it is null and void, but let's, let's I, park I, I that for a minute. Back. Yeah, let's park because yeah, 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 yeah. we, I want to go into that into granular detail in a minute. I can't wait to hear your theories as long as they involve Liverpool not winning the title, Tony. Um, Martin, I mean, Tony and Jonathan and myself all alluded to this. This, this is unprecedented. I compared this uh, yesterday on Love Sport to, and, and, and as I think Jonathan and I did on Friday actually, it's like when the, when the Second World War broke out mm. and Blackpool. Uh, you know, were head of the table, and and then they, they they never ended up getting the title. But you know, nobody realised then how long football was going to be off. Now, I'm not for one minute suggesting that we're not going to see football for five years, but there is a real sense that nobody quite knows when it's going to be back at the moment, Martin. Yeah, you're right. And and this two week buffer they've given themselves, I don't think there's a cat's chance in hell we're ready to play football on April the fourth. Um, another point I'd like to make, um, my opinions on. The first thing I'd like to say, if Arteta hadn't tested positive, followed yes. by Callum Hudson-Odoi, we would be talking about the game at Villa because they were trying to string it along for as long as they could. And how the hell they released a statement on Thursday evening at 9 o'clock saying, we're going ahead with the games, and then 25 minutes later yeah. it comes out, <clears throat> the Arsenal manager has tested positive for COVID-19. A yeah. quick ring around that they're testing certain players. We've got Everton and Leicester players that have self-isolated. And then Callum Hudson-Odoi tested positive. That, that got released at half one in the morning, which I thought was a bit strange. But um, yeah, I, th- I think they've, they've... If the cynic in me reckons, they saw every other league suspended and thought, if we can keep it going just for a couple of weeks, yeah. we get everyone's eyeballs on the Premier League. We can sort out the league title because... You know, Liverpool are on the last 400 metres of that particular race. But the minute a player tests positive, you have to shut it down. And I cannot see it. They they don't need to make a decision tomorrow on it. They've got this two-week buffer. But I suspect that in two weeks' time, we're going to hear a release of them saying, you know, this virus hasn't peaked. We've still got untold numbers, cases emerging. And they'll have to put it back for possibly an indefinite period because yeah. public public health has to come first. And the most alarming thing, this is in the last hour, the actor Idris Elba has tested positive for it. Bloody he didn't. Hell, he, thank God, he, don't he, have to listen to his voice anymore. Do you get work out of it, J.K.? Clearly. <laughs> if I can replace him, yeah! Can, well, you, can you do... James Bond. Can you, can you do your best Idris Elba now, Jonathan? Unfortunately, no. I think I'd be done by the Race Relations Board. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah, well done, mate. Well done, Chidge, for being so insensitive not to have even thought that one through. This is why I get to broadcast to the nation every Sunday, because I'm really on top of shit like that. Uh, Jonathan. <laughs> he, didn't exp- he didn't have any symptoms. Didn't he? he? Te- no, he tested because he had exposure to it through someone else. Right. Similarly, Callum Hudson-Odoi only had the symptoms of a heavy cold, was tested... 
and had the had the virus. No high temperature, no persistent cough or anything like that. So how many people in that yes. are carrying it without yeah. the symptoms? Well, oh. this is this is the trouble, Martin, isn't it? Because I've heard that the incubation fight. period is is quite a long time, and you can be asymptomatic until suddenly you've got it. Well, one of the things I, I heard uh, this weekend, actually, I think I saw I saw an article. Um, where Dr. Eva Canero, believe it or not, was was interviewed. And, and the thing about footballers, Tony, is that because they train so hard, uh, they get immunosuppressed so that they're, yes. they're, you know, they're actually nearly always fatigued. So they quite often will will pick up, you know, particularly viral and throaty type infections very, very quickly. So it kind of makes you wonder why the Premier League, you know, didn't think this one through as well. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you and Martin on this. I think, I think this is all about money. Yes, and yeah, greed. Yeah, I, and Martin, Martin summed it up perfectly by saying, you know, it was, it was a, an incredibly, you know, for the want, for the want of half an hour for a quick ring round. How, how is your testing going? You know, you would have thought they would have been over the testing that was that was going on at the clubs anyway, so that they were expecting feedback on on that. Um, but as, as Martin said, if it hadn't been for Mikel Arteta, and that was the one, that was the that was the blow, wasn't it? That's that's the one where actually even the fans were looking at it thinking, oh Christ Almighty, then this isn't going to, you know, that's Arsenal locked down for a fortnight. Um, and there's every knock-on effect out of that. I think from from the perspective of, of the footballers, you think about it. They they, they 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 train together. They eat together. They're often in the gym together. Uh, they're, they're they're in the showers. They shower together. We've got and, that and it, in there. All of those all of those elements are you know we, you and I go to work in an office. We we could socially distance quite easily, I guess. Um, but in their particular case, you know. It, they, they are more so, and like you said, because they're being trained to the very limits of, of, of athletic capability. Um, you know, there was always this thing that if you if you smoked and drank a bit, you were probably less likely to get the cold because nothing would live in you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, but I think that was case, always my hope, Tony. Yes, but I think you know, in their case, they are they they will be more susceptible to that sort of thing. And I, I don't think we've heard the last of it yet. I mean, was it, Leicester had three players ever, and had two, didn't they? I think, and, um, and there's more to come. There's no doubt about it because not only. It's not only the players. You're going to have the people based in the football grounds, at the training grounds, the admin staff, and all this sort of stuff. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's already untraceable, isn't it? In the sense of how many people are probably walking around with this. Well, this is the worry, and I mean, you know, the point we were making a minute ago about it, you know, not being optimistic about when it's returning is that we knew before the announcement that the peak was likely to be May, June, and now the government seems to have caught up, and this is why they've kind of imposed this whole. You know, I mean, basically, they're they're telling the bloody population to pretty much, you know, avoid social contact and perhaps self isolate for the next three months. So, yeah, yeah. given given that, I can't see it. I can't. Well, I, I don't see it coming back before September no, myself. So strictly speaking, Chidge, my wife and daughter are sitting in, in in the living room with streaming colds. Really? Right? So now I'm pretty sure they are just colds because the cough is loose and all this sort of stuff. But we don't know. We're unlikely to get tested, so we're probably now falling under the, tonight's announcement, locked down for a fortnight in this house. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, likewise too. I mean, I've been a bit throaty for, well, I don't know, at least a week with a bit of a runny nose. My wife keeps telling me I'm such a hypochondriac. She says, no, you haven't got it. <laughs> you know, and anyway, I, I, I actually, do you know, but because because I have a duty of care over people every week, Yes. Uh, you know, I, I do worry about that. But I actually, well, I mean, I, I'll share this with you because it's a classic Chidge story. It's got bugger all to do with football, but then most of the show hasn't, so why not? <laughs> I went into Tesco's the other day to go and get a, a, a thermometer, you know, the one, a digital one that you stick in your gob, 
Um, and uh, the chemist pointed me in the right direction. Of course, there was nothing on the shelves because, of course, you know, the locusts of Winchester have cleaned Tesco's out of everything. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw this one thing that said thermometer on it, so I picked it up, and I got home, and what I'd actually bought was not a thermometer. It was, in fact, the little hoods that you put over a thermometer you put in your ear. Oh. I thought, ah, oh, I seem to have screwed up somewhat here. So I went back to the chemist and then had to go and actually buy the thermometer he did tell me to buy, which was like 43 quids worth of, you know, high-tech doctor's-type thermometer. So I bought one of those instead. And I've been checking it every day, and I've been bang on normal. But, you know, like like you were saying, Tony, I've had a runny nose and a bit of a, <clears throat> you know, got it now, a bit throaty as well. So Christ knows. Anyway, look, let's get... Sorry. sorry, go on, go on JK. You're back, you're back. Hello, JK. Hello, I was worried, Chidge, you, you, you said that you bought a thermometer you had to stick up your ass. But, uh, but no, no, no that, well, that's not a thermometer, Jonathan. That would be one, uh, brave, one brave thermometer, though, wouldn't it? Uh, sorry, I've made a terrible <laughs> mistake. I shouldn't have wandered into that sex shop, you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I just right, we... for some bog roll, bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> well, clearly, this is why people are clearing the supermarkets out of bog roll, because they've all been sticking the wrong... You know the big kind of thermometers, you, the one you stick in your ear that's kind of handheld, which is quite big, let's be honest. They've probably been sticking it up their arse. You see, and this is causing all sorts of problems. Anyway, well, we should. My other theory on the bolt boy now is that when one person coughs, a hundred people shit themselves. So... Oh, <laughs> butum tush. Well done, Martin. Right, we teased this a minute ago, and uh, you know, clearly with the league in abeyance at the moment, we don't quite know what's going to happen. We all think that it's going to be off for a lot longer. If it's off for a lot longer, that has massive knock-on effects in terms of the actual time to finish the season. I've been hearing all sorts of plonkers on <clears throat> radio talk sport, predominantly usually ex-footballers saying they have to finish the season, they have to finish it. And I've seen all sorts of, funnily enough, Liverpool-related pundits going, we have to finish the season. We ha-. Well, no, you don't. They didn't in World War Two, so why should they do it now just to keep you lot happy and win your title? But the reality is, what should we do? Tony, I know you've got some views on this. I have. Um, they, they, I, I'm not sure how it all works. The, the season as we've, we we seem to be in, in reasonable about agreement about isn't coming back now i dislike liverpool a lot however they're 25 points clear so if you're going to null and void the season or if you're going to end the season give them the title they're, they're not going to be able to show it off they're not going to be able to do open bus tours they're not going to be able to get it in the stadium but you know even as the most ardent liverpool i'm not a hater i've got i've sort of grown out of that sort of stuff it would be immensely churlish to say just because you know you can't have that uh, you know look at all of us lot gloating because if we were in the same position 25 points clear i'm pretty sure we'd be pretty hacked off about that and at the end of the day there isn't really anyone who's going to realistically say they aren't going to win that title with probably two wins out of the remaining eight or nine games um the i think the bigger issue lies in the relegation now I, I, someone suggested to me yesterday i can't remember who i was talking to yesterday but they said that uh, one of the ideas being mooted is actually if you stop the season now you promote the top two teams out of the championship west Brom and leeds okay you say to the ones in the playoff places that you know there's there's tough luck you know that's the way it is um, and then you relegate five next year when football restarts to reset the numbers um it's controversial, of course it is. Um, it, there, are big, there, are kind of, there are kind of big ramifications there, I think, for the Champions League because we're in fourth, so we could easily sit there and say, well, you know, we deserve to be there. But if you, you're, if, if you null and void it, then what do you do? I think, actually, if you said, look, the season stops now, the awards are this, 
Um, and yes, yeah, Gaulin Liverpool would win, but they're going to win anyway. So you know. Yeah, um, interesting. And I, I just think that, that where it's the relegation and promotions, you're not going to relegate anybody, which some people would say, look, Norwich are absolutely dire. They deserve to be going down or whatever. However, if you promote the two um, from the from the championship and then relegate five next year, everybody knows that's the rule. So if you've got to finish outside the bottom five, um, theoretically, that should make us OK anyway. Um, but Shouldn't I, 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 all the leagues be doing this then, Tony? Shouldn't everybody do this? Shouldn't this be a UEFA directive yeah, that this well is how they Well, be. I can't see any way. I can't really see any other way out of the mess. Because um, if you now avoid the season, you could all start again. Well, where does that leave the Champions League then? What, the same same people in it? Uh, Liverpool was, have been, sure, haven't, you know. We discussed a way on Friday of doing it with... If there's a hole around about September, is they do it and then and they can make all their money back. They do an enormous um, football fest where everybody has to play every day for two weeks. Yeah, and, uh, this is a kind of madness about this, but you can. It's the kind of thing I could see um, football uh, uh, um, television producers, television yeah. wigs doing to try and make it an enormous football returns. So we're going to play every game and it's sort of tough whether whether you win or how you deal with it. And if, play, if teams, clubs say, but we haven't got enough time to recover, they go, it doesn't matter. This has to be it because they, they rule the roost. The, the money men rule the roost in this instance. So I, I think there'll be a bizarre thing will occur if there is a hole at any time during um, during this, uh, the, the, the closed season when it has yeah. to be played. Yeah. What do you reckon, Martin? Um, well, I think the first thing is the Blackpool precedent. That season, only three games have been played, so it's probably much easier to avoid the season. I think, in I think as I think Liverpool, it will be very harsh for the season to be voided on them. So I think, right. So let's assume you don't play, say September, so because you know they keep everything locked down while they get this virus under control. If you are then able and this goes across all European leagues, say you have until the end of this calendar year to complete your league. So basically, 2019-2020 becomes literally half of 2019, then all of 2020, just to get it completed. Get your, get your league position sorted out, your promotion, your relegation, everything. You then start next season in, say, February, March, and you do it rather than having it, have it as a calendar year. So it is just the calendar year 2021 and then 2022. There is also this also ties in with the Winter World Cup because it's in ah. it's in Qatar anyway. It's going to be played in December, so this gives them a chance to reset the calendars across Europe. So they play their domestic leagues on a calendar year through the summer months if necessary. You sort out the the problems of this this season, but um, mm. the, the thing is, everyone's talking about what ha- happens this season. The crucial thing is this season has to be completed, in my view. What you do with the next one? Why? Why does it have to be completed, Martin? I just think there's two. I mean, you'd be up to your eyeballs in legal challenges if you. Well, I, it. yeah, but I don't. I'm not so sure about that because you know what I said about the knock-on effect of, uh, financially. Well, if if Sky and BT and all the other rights holders go after the Premier League, the Premier League are insured, so it, the money is not really an issue. It is for relegated clubs, especially if they weren't massively down at the time. It it is for the clubs, absolutely. But, you know, we're talking about the Premier League and and the money kind of revolving around that honeypot. I mean, 
yeah. I, I, I don't think you do have to finish it. And I actually think if you try and finish it six months down the line, that renders the whole thing meaningless anyway, because you are not... I mean, for example, right now, we've got a lot of injuries. Spurs have got a lot of injuries. Six months' time, that won't be the case. So the whole the whole dynamic has shifted. And I think that that in itself they is unfair. Care, they don't care, Yeah, but I, I don't, right now, I don't care about them not caring. I'm just kind of pointing out the, the, dis, the discrepancies there. I think if you if you... If they manned up right now and said, Do you know what, this isn't going to be sorted out probably for six months, might even be longer, we'll, we'll, we'll cancel the league. We're not going to avoid it. We will award the title to Liverpool. They will have an asterisk against their, their title win, saying you know it was nominal, but they still get it. Nobody gets relegated. Everything stays exactly where it is, as if that's where the, the, the season was going to end. Because I think you can't relegate people in that, because that's clearly unfair. Clearly, you, can't promote, you can't promote people, because that's clearly unfair. Because if you promote Leeds and West Brom, like the Brighton chairman was saying, what about uh, Fulham and Brentford and Forest, who still are in with a squeak of getting into the playoffs? You can't do that. So keep it as you finish it where it is now, and you give Liverpool the title. I would settle for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a right way. To, I don't think there's ever going to be a solution to come across that everyone's going to be satisfied. I think. I think tomorrow is UEFA meet, presumably yeah. about the Champions League and presumably moving Euro 2020 to Euro 2021. But I, I saw the domestic calendar reshuffle as something with the 2022 World Cup in mind as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't think, however you do it, I don't think anyone's going to be completely happy. And also. <laughs> Do Man City get banned out of Europe next season if they've not had the Casa pill? Blimey, yeah, that's a good question. We, we've opened up a massive can of worms here. We, we might actually just continue. I think we can continue this chat on yeah, yeah, after yeah. the break, we, actually, because there's, it's, there's it's, more to say. I've got to, I'm going to continue it after the break, Jonathan, because I've got a couple of things to read out first before we do. Uh, one of them is actually, this, this is written by some bloke called Martin Wickham, and it's very Easy. fun. I don't know. I've never heard of him. <laughs> anyway, it says, my, my name is Martin, and I'm an idiot. I'm not going to leave it there. There is more. Um, <laughs> you can say that. No, no, leave it there. <laughs> My name is Martin and I'm an idiot. In, in order to prevent myself ballooning to the size of a house, I decided to take up running as a way to keep fit and get some exercise in mid-2019. This morphed into setting myself a goal of completing a 10k run at some stage in 2020 as a new resolution. So I entered the Vitality 10,000 run this coming May. However, after that, I found myself entering other events as preparation. So rather than aiming towards one event, decided to raise money over the course of the year, entering multiple events. 10 seems a round enough number, plus my knees would file for divorce if I pushed it any further. Thus far, 23rd of February at the time of writing, I've entered and completed two 10,000k races at Finsbury Park and Battersea Park respectively. Both have been in absolutely filthy weather, so I'm really hoping it's not a pattern. Crosswinds hurt. Any donations to crisis would be gratefully accepted and keep my head focused on the task in hand. Anyone who takes so much as a walk around any big city in the UK will know how much of a scourge, homelessness and rough sleeping is at present and how vital the work they do is to tackle it. Cheers, Martin. And you can, you, I mean, and I urge you so to... I tried to do this earlier, actually, Martin, but for some reason it crapped out on me, but I'll give it another whirl later. But you can donate to Martin's uh, running efforts in aid of crisis by going to uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Martin Wickham 2. Do you have anything to say for yourself, Martin? Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> First thing to point out, I haven't run two 10,000k races or 10k races. That would be excessive. Also, 
Um, the Vitality 10,000 mentioned, I am expecting an email shortly in light of these restrictions on mass gatherings that, in same as the London Marathon and everything else, mm. it will probably be rescheduled till later in the year. Um, also, we all know um, nice guy Kenny and his efforts. He has now got a very bloody busy September by the look of it. Yeah. Well, fair play to you, mate. And, uh, yeah. you know, Martin's got a, a, a hefty target on there, so let's all try and dig deep and, and help him get over the line and reach it. Now, uh, I, I feel shameless uh, going on to say what I'm about to say, given the, the merits of what Martin's doing. But, of course, if there is no football to talk about, uh, and if you're bored stupid and you're having to self-isolate, I can think of no better thing to do than to go and make yourself familiar with the Chelsea specials that me and Martin King have been doing uh, fairly recently. Uh, they're basically a lot of interviews with former players. Some of them are absolute legends of the club. And they're, they've been really, really honest and forthcoming with Martin and me. Uh, why, I don't know, but they have. And they include Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tamding, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, John Bumpson, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Paul Cannaval, and, of course, Danny Harkins, who was one of the shed, the original Shed Boys. Uh, now, all you have to do is go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com uh, where you can download them for a small charge of uh, £2.99 each. Uh, it's less than a price of cost a cup of coffee, so you can't complain. Uh, so go ahead, subscribe to the uh, Podbean, chelseaspecial.podbean.com, click on Buy Single Episode Now, uh, and then you can listen and download them whenever you want. And also check out the website, chelseaspecial.com, follow them on Twitter, at Chelsea underscore special, and of course they're on Facebook as the Chelsea Special. We will be back right after this short break. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Chelsea Fancast with Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Um, I just wanted to ask: Will we get? Um, can we get our season ticket money back? We're think? going to talk about that. If you'd read the running order, you will know that. Oh, I'm looking it up here. I what is it saying? I've just seen Martin's promo, which was very amusing. You're reading the and... script as always. The running order, love. The running order. The running order. You see, uh, part two, half nine, th- 1935. Will we get our money back? Third item on the agenda. Oh, God, you're so... <laughs> what, what is Pres- it you said to me earlier about old men and technology, Tony? Pissed old hack, baffled by new technology. That's the one. I think you can uh, <laughs> add add Jonathan to that illustrious club. But there you go. I am delighted to have the pissed old hack that is both Jonathan and myself on the show. Because, of course, I didn't say, I am Sam for Chidge, of course. And, of course, I've got Tony Glover. Hey, good evening. Bonsoir. And the lovely Martin Wickham. <clears throat> good evening. There we go. Right. Uh, now, uh, as Jonathan is so... I mean, really, this this was not Jonathan being stupid. Oh, no, 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 no. This was Jonathan being highly professional and teasing, <laughs> teasing what is coming up in this very, very fantastic part of the Chelsea fan. I suggest, Chich, that we keep calm and carry on fancasting. No, really? That's a great yeah. idea. Where did you get that from? Yeah. And have you got 10 top tips to do I what have. to do without football or sport? I have. That's chance. coming right after that bit. Anyway, look, before we do all that, we, let's carry on the conversation we were having before the break because it was actually quite interesting and I was enjoying it. Can you remember where we were, Tony? Uh, yeah, we were talking about um, whether we void the season 
um, and the promotion relegation issues and the all the subsequent issues that were coming out of that. So you had things like, you know, BT chasing their money, Sky chasing their money. Um, yeah, it's, what, what interests me um, is that, and, and this is slightly off beam, is that I think if the season gets cancelled, which we're probably expecting, this will not give Amazon a big push when they want to come in for it. Because don't forget, when they did theirs, when they had their little experiment over they've done two so far, they streamed every game. They yeah. proved that you can do it, and with their global reach for seven ninety nine a month. Yes, there was no extra charge for the Prime customers, which, of which I'm one. I could tell you now, the picture quality was superb. Okay, and there was none of that Super Sunday bollocks where it's like, tune in for Everton versus fucking Tottenham or whatever, when you're thinking, oh, who cares, it gives a shit about that. I was able to sit there and pick the Chelsea game that I wanted to watch. That is the future. That is where it's going to go. And I think this, this whole thing... It's as as much of a a shot across the bowels of of the FA and the Premier League and their apparent lack of any kind of business continuity plan here. Um, This is this is a big scare for BT and Sky. Because I think Amazon are, are hanging in the wings. They're saying, well, and the Premier League, this, Tony. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. League. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I know that's the part of the part. Tony, of the I just want to tell you what better game. way than to start with a, with an end of the season uh, fest. Wow. Finish the season off with Amazon. Yeah. Twenty days of football every day. It would fit perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. They did. They did it wonderfully. I absolutely agree. Mm. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Although Sky already do that for the, the championship, of course. I mean, it, it does beg lots of questions. I do, I do wonder, Martin. And you know, you know, you know, you 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 know me very well, and we've known each other quite a while now. And I've always been doom and gloom and saying, you know what, the Premier League bubble's going to burst sooner or later. You know, I I wonder whether this could be the uh, kind of event horizon which preempts that. Yeah, I think that's a very um, very good point. And if it is shut down for a weeks and months and people realise oh, there's no football on do something else well you know getting to you know do other things then they may find that when they do come back mm. the temperatures turn down a little bit and they don't have this manic 24-7 culture people are li- a little less receptive to it I personally was sick of it anyway and I'm not <laughs> sure I'm not the only one this whole 24-7 news cycle and everything meaning ev- too much if that gets dialed down a little bit because of a, you know, there's a global fucking flu pandemic, which yes. is a little bit more important, um, I think that's pretty healthier for everyone. Yeah. Well, I do, I do wonder, you know, because I mean, I'm always comparing football and our obsession with it very much to drug addiction. You know, the, the clubs can rip us all off merc- mercilessly as they do because we can't bear not to be there. Mm. And of course, like all drug addiction, you know, to get off your hard drugs, you have to go through a withdrawal process. And once you do, you're clean and then you don't go back. Of course, there's a danger, Tony, that that actually might happen with us. And, you know, we've, you, me, Jonathan Martin at length, many, many times have talked about this, yeah. about, you know, the, Chelsea particularly, I think, because we've got such a an old demographic of season yeah. ticket holders. There's a really good chance, I think, that given a protracted absence, many might not come back. Do you think there's not, a I, point in I, that? I, absolutely. So you, 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 uh, I don't think you've met them, but you know of my friends that I go up with um, you remember a couple of years ago uh, Jill was very seriously ill and Bob refused absolutely to go to the games until she was out of hospital yeah. and he refused to sell the tickets on because he felt that would be bad luck he just didn't want to jinx anything like that because she was so seriously ill now it took a lot for them to come back after that now last Friday I get a phone call saying we're no longer going down the pub because of everything that's going on and because Jill's still on immunosuppressed okay um 
and and I, I I genuinely see people like that thinking, do you know what? And and if the options were there, if it was Amazonized so that they could watch every game home and away by paying a few quid, uh, these are people ju- that have just reached just hit seventy. Yeah, then I can see that being very very tempting. Now, you and I have to travel up from the bowels of Hampshire, okay, to go to games. You know as well as I do, there are times when you look out the window and you think, fucking hell, it's on the telly. I could just sit here with a beer. You know, but you go because you want to meet people and all this sort of stuff. And I think there is a big look. There's there's the obvious ones. If it doesn't start again for six months, there are people that are sadly going to pass away and not see another Chelsea game. Let, let's mm, be honest. Right? There, there is there is that. There is that. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, there are going to be people who, as Martin has said, will discover other aspects of life. May well be taken and, and, and two months. Some, into- some might actually realise that they're married. And yes. they didn't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but some of them, some people might think, do you know what? I'm not missing it as much as I, could, I thought I would. You know, I've, I've, you, you, the one door, as one door closes, another one opens. So I think there's, there's a good chance that what Martin has said that, that everything gets dialed down a bit. I mean, I, I've been long been a critic. I, in some ways, I think Sky have been fantastic for football, and the exposure they've given it. But this constant Hollywood, Hollywoodization of it, um, and if Paul Crowder's still on, he'll understand what I mean by this because he actually lives out there. This constant, everything's a blockbuster. They are selling Super Sundays between Aston Villa and fucking Norwich. You know, it's not a Super Sunday. It's not that. Monday night football is a complete abomination. If some of this changes because of this, then I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But you're right. Um, I think you, you will get. Now, will absence make the heart grow fonder? I think in some ways it will. Do you know, I'm, what I, I would, I'm probably going to be equally upset about the fact that the Euros could move back a year because I was genuinely looking forward to seeing Gareth Southgate's young England team really go for it this time because there would have been a good four or five Chelsea players in that side for a start. You know, so it would have been interesting to see some of them really stand up on the world stage. You know, and show what the prom- some uh, or develop on the promise they've shown this season. So, it, you know, it, it 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 it's speculative and it's unknown. But I I genuinely think that it, it could almost be a reset button. Mm. Jonathan, what do you reckon? Is it we're going to going to lose a lot of people, or or will absence make yeah, the heart grow fonder? I don't reckon. I don't reckon. I think everybody will. F- it'll be uh, it'll be an enormous celebration and carnival, and. Uh, Everybody will be drawn into it. And I think they'll even get some new people watching um, who uh, who just want... It'll be like um, the end of the Second World War. It'll be uh, an enormous... Because you remember that well, of course. ...entertainment fest. I was, in fact, yeah. I was 35 <laughs> then. So I remember it very well. Um, I even remember the, I remember the end of the uh, the Crimean War. I remember that as well. That was fantastic. But, uh, uh, and... Uh, I, of course, took part. At, uh, I was at the charge of the light brigade. It was me. It was me and one of the horses. I was allergic to one of the horses. Don't tell me, Jonathan. Jokers to the right of you. Jokers to the left of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm always. I've always been impressed by by, by um, JK's VC that he got at Rourke's Drift. I think that's just one of the great. Something you should be very proud of. Don't don't mention don't don't mention Zulu, will you? Because they they they're mortal line. We're all going to die, which seems rather <laughs> impolitic at the moment. I mean, Jonathan, I, I, do you know what? I, I'm kind of weirdly torn. I mean, having kind of like uh, been uh, mystic Nostradamus chidge for years, saying, "Oh, the bubble's going to burst," and all us over fifties and the sixty-year-olds had enough of modern football. We all think it sticks. We're all going to long it off because we've got better things to do. Or la 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 la. I have to be honest, mate. I'm really torn because I actually now think um, 
that there's a very good chance that without football for, you know, who knows, three months, six months, might even be longer, the absence, that absence is going to make our heart grow massively fonder. And i tell you for yeah. why. It's not just the, the, the football, although I think actually, you know what, that might be enough. But the piece that I wrote for Football London, which kind of went into a bit of this last Friday, what what I've always said will absolutely remain true, and and that is that you know f- football for me has always been about a great day out with your mates, ruined by ninety minutes of football. So in a sense, I can take or leave the football. But what I will really miss most uh, over the coming months is is not seeing you lot at the game and having a pint and a chat about it. Me going up and sneaking into the the posh bit uh, after the match with you and doing a silly video. You know, I'm going to miss that. That That is why I go to football, essentially. Because as Tony rightly said, no, I, if I was interested in the football, I could watch it I, at home on TV. No, I, I agree completely, I think. Well, but I, it, this is, it worries me that this kind of fits the model that you want to attract, they want to attract people in to the ground via, because what they ultimately want, and I know this for a fact, because they, they, they got me in to even do a question, question and answer thing about it, is that they want to try and recreate the NFL. They want it to be a huge footballing day out, a huge footballing experience. And they're trying to find ways of doing that. And this might just play beautifully into their hands. Um, it's, it's a question of whether they can make Stamford Bridge uh, attractive to actually hang around for a longer period. Well, if they had um, pubs with decent beer inside, they might. That would help, wouldn't it? I agree. Do you know what? I, I mean, he, he, that consideration. Yeah. Here's the irony, JK, just following on from that point. I mean, one of the things that I was most impressed about with the new design of the stadium was the fact that they were, there was certain, I mean, I, I you know, they were t- yes. kind of talking about it, but the idea was in, indeed to, to help with the footfall from the egress of the stadium, they were effectively going to have a lot of pubs inside the stadium and they were going to encourage people to say that. Now, here's the thing. When we all come back, I I mean, I wonder, Tony, how many, and Martin, I wonder how many pubs will be left. They've all got shut now. Well, that's the thing. They're going to go, they're going to die, aren't they? It's it's very, I mean, and if you look at Twitter, it's all over your timeline. It'll be over mine as well about this fact that because it's advisory, because the government said we should stop going to pubs, we should stop going to cafes. That means those businesses cannot then claim on the insurance. Yeah. And if they stay open, then they just look like selfish bastards. Look at us greedy bastards staying open, profiteering, you know, because come to us, you know, don't worry about the virus. Don't don't worry about you're taking up. So for a lot of them, they're, they're between a rock and a hard place. If they stay open, they look bad. If they close, then on their head be it. Now, you know, I, this is this is a bit political. Um, my name is Ben. I'm, I am here every week. Um, well, I can't <laughs> Are you wearing a Sellerfield? Son? Yeah. But what I would say is this. I'm deadly serious with, with, with this. With, the, with all the pubs and the cafes, all the stuff that relies not just on Chelsea fans, on Liverpool fans, Spurs fans, all the businesses around those grounds that, 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 that make their money from, from football matches or whatever. This government, or previous version of this government, bailed out the banks to the tune of hundreds of billions of pounds in 2008, right? They should be fucking well doing the same to these businesses. They should be suspending mortgage payments, rentals, everything for everybody on this one. Because if they can do it for the fucking banks, they can do it for the rest of us now. They owe us. Sorry, bit of politics there. But honestly, those pubs, if if they close because of this, it is shocking. Absolutely shocking. And Martin, it- Martin, will you, will you? how will you and I cope without a pub to go into? I've got a fridge full of beer, mate. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, it is a serious point, and it's, it's local business around grounds. It's, there's also people who work at Stamford Bridge and at every other ground 
they only get paid if there's a match day on. So I'm guessing like people who sell yeah. programs, catering yeah. staff, things like that. They're out of pocket if there's no games on. I mean, I slate football journalists incessantly, but a vast number of them are freelancers. So their income's taken a hit already. So, I mean, I think clubs have a responsibility to make sure their staff aren't out of pocket, even their casual staff, and whether they use the, a portion of the players' wages to cover this, they can afford it for a week, in my view. And I think they also have a responsibility of clubs lower down a pyramid who basically survive on a game-by-game basis and who are shut down for however long it's going to be. There are a lot of potential effects from this ban and we aren't going to know the full extent of it for God knows how long. And as, as Tony said, Martin, it, you know, the government have said this is advisory to so get themselves out of any oh, liability for it. That's naughty as fuck. Uh, that. I, uh, I think that's absolutely disgraceful. And it's a real issue. I mean, Jonathan and I, uh, amongst the little quartet amongst us, are, are self-employed. Yeah. If, if 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 people, you know, I, I already stand to lose probably half of my income, if not more, because of this. Jonathan, you know, I would imagine and I would hope that you can still what you do do what you do because you've basically got a studio at home, so you can do it down the line, right? But it's it's not funny, is it? Well, I've I've offered my services, but um, my agent has uh, seen fit to put on his website the following people have home studios, and of course they're all the stars because I'm not a star; I'm merely a jobbing voiceover. So you have to press a button to find all the others lower down. down who are available and have their own studios. But yes, I'm hoping, I'm, I've actually um, sent a few notes off to people saying, uh, um, I've got my studio, if you want to do something quickly, I can rig you up an MP3 or a WAV. And, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm uh, uh, everything else, Discovery, where I work really regularly, is that uh, they've, they've, they've locked down, nobody's allowed in the building, they've just disappeared. So that's the end of that. It's just a question of uh, finding alternative things to that you hope can 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 ultimately make you some money. I think it's very difficult for anybody self-employed or in a particularly in a create the creative world. All the theatres have closed down from today. Everything is is um, uh, they've then they've cancelled projects. They've cancelled Peaky Blind Peaky Blinders. They've cancelled uh, a variety of other series. They're all absolutely um, locking down. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's a very difficult difficult time to terms of, of keeping the money coming in. Very very difficult. I mean, in fact, the the Guy Abdul, um, that you you met, yeah, yeah. who's the the steward, the the the, the wonderfully Man United fan who seems to predict every every Chelsea result really rather capably. Um, <laughs> and uh, I always ask him, go, uh, uh, and I said, I must bet. I must be said, no, you must not bet. No, no betting. Not allowed to bet. No, no. And I said, okay, I won't bet. But I may I say, Abdul, that you are absolutely spot on every time. He entirely is. It's it's he's a he's a security guard during the week, which you hope that he still maintains. And he's got four kids and uh, it's a perk. And he actually says to me how wonderfully he's treated by Chelsea um, uh, and he loves the job. But uh, what's he going to do with the poor man? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I feel for him. I really feel for him. Well, I seriously hope that, that Chelsea, who are not short of a bob or two, let's be honest, uh, I hope they do what Brighton have said that they would already do, which is to pay all of their matchday staff um, up until what would have actually been the normal end of the season. And I really, season. I really hope they do. I mean, you know, I, Jonathan and I kind of, you know, whining a little bit about the fact that we might take a bit of a hit, but I mean, everybody's going to take a bit of a hit. Let's be under no illusion, but you know, there's pl- like the ex players, for example, they rely on the money they get for hospitality. So I think it's imperative upon the club to do what they can, but also as Tony and Martin were alluding to, the government need to put their hand in their pocket too. Now, one thing I can tell you all, 
for absolute racing certainty. I can tell you this because we had what can only be described as a virtual Chelsea fancast board meeting, a very serious matter, as anybody who's attended will know. And the decision has been taken. I can break this exclusively to you now that we are going to keep calm and carry on fancasting. Um, <laughs> largely, largely, as I said earlier on, because there's nothing I like more than to not talk about the latest match. But of course, I always feel duty bound so to do. We We feel we have... A lot to offer the world in uh, random and errant nonsense when the football is not on. So we are going to carry on annoying you and polluting your ear holes for as long as it takes. Actually, look, ser- serious point about this. Um, I mean, I, actually, a very, very serious point, first of all. <clears throat> as I kind of said in the intro, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the fact, not least with poor old Felix passing away at the weekend, but we, we've created a real community here amongst all the people that listen to this show, many of whom we have met, uh, many of them we know very well anyway, and many of whom we've never met, but we we kind of feel we know you all anyway because we see you in Mixler every week and, and, and on Twitter and all that kind of thing, and we, and we love you to pieces. So I, I think we've got a duty, particularly at a time when things are basically going to be really, really, really shit, not least because there's no football, but generally with what's going on, you know, just if we can, if we can just at the very minimum interest you engage you cheer you up for a couple of hours a week that's the least that we can do so i'm bloody determined to carry this on and i tell you what i know we all laugh about it but i'm bloody good at what i do and i'll tell you what we will create great content for you week in week out for as long as it damn well takes and that's my absolute promise to carry on doing it and all all the chaps on here there i emailed them all this week they're all well up for it and i tell you what We've got some great ideas for content. So I'm just going to go, go off on one, JK. I'll shut up in a minute, I promise. But the other great thing about a lot of us lot, we're all old, right? That means that we've seen a lot of Chelsea matches. So we have a back catalogue of stuff that we can talk about, which I think rivals or beats anybody. And that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to be taking looks back into the past, all sorts of things. So we're going to have a right old laugh, aren't we, JK? Yeah, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I might even pull my finger out and get a podding shed together. Well, there you go. That's the spirit. Wouldn't that just be the way to do it. Monyaki's already been on at you on Twitter. Uh-huh. I've seen. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he said you've gone from we pod when we want to we don't pod at all. <laughs> <laughs> you lazy bastards! You don't. Anyway, so there you go. We are definitely going to carry on because I think it's. In, I think you know we got a duty to to support our community and. You know, I think we can. We're all in this together. Blitz spirit and all that. Why not? There you go. So I hope that that's good news. I think for actually a lot of people, it'll be oh my god, we were hoping they'd all shut up for six months. But there we go. Um, anyway, I've been having a think about this. I've been having a think. You know, a bit along the lines of what Tony and I were saying earlier about well, we might find other things to do. Well, we we won't be able to go to the football. That's for sure. We won't even be able to go and see each other in the pub. I mean, this is this is serious. But I've thought of. Uh, Several things that we can do, or you can do, in the absence of football that will help you survive. I'm going to re- I'm going to read my list out very quickly, and I'm going to let the guys pitch in with what they think they might do while there's no football on. Uh, the first thing: spend some quality time with your family who you abandoned during the football season. My wife's already reminded me of this point. Uh, spend some quality time with your friends, the ones that you that don't like Chelsea, the ones that you abandoned during the season. I think you can catch up with them if only on the phone or Skype. Uh, uh, Kat, this is this is the thing I am most looking forward to. I'll be honest with you. I have got a mountain 
I mean a mountain of predominantly Chelsea-related books that I simply never get to read because I'm so preoccupied with doing football stuff. So I'm going to pitch into that. Uh, I'm going to Tony. You, I'm sure you'll chime with this music. Again, mountain of CDs yeah. and, and stuff that I've downloaded that I haven't listened to yet, which I'm going to go and get my head around. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. The best one of all, my favourite on the list, um, as you probably know, there are people who know me very well who know that I bought a guitar several years ago, which my wife refers to as the ornament. Uh, she is she is not wrong. In fact, there are those of you who, who, who follow me on Twitter who know that I picked it up the other week for the first time in probably about a year and then broke a string <laughs> immediately. Well, if you're but, doing that, uh, I'm gonna, I've got a banjo. Which I, have you? I, You're going to strum I, your banjo, man. I swore, I swore I was going to teach myself after I went to after I went to Ireland for the week because I just enjoyed, I just enjoyed it so much. It's, it's like well, it, it just appeared to me to be one of those instruments that you can, if you can play it, will automatically cheer people up. You can automatically come up with a cheery song. So yeah, hey, do you know what? You might have sown a seed there. Well, there you go. I'm going to pick up my guitar and play. Well, actually, I've got to get it restrung first. But when I've done that, I'm going to pick it up and play. Uh, I've got a mountain of paperwork and stuff in my... My office looks like Steptoe's front room, so I need to sort that out. Uh, I could write that book that I've always been promising Marco I'd write. I hope he's listening and he'll probably hold me to it. Uh, The other great thing I've discovered is, you know, I've got pretty much every season of Chelsea since about 2000 on DVD. I'm going to rewatch the entire lot in order. That'll be fun. Uh, Unbelievably informed. Unbelievable. You'll be able just to say, you're wrong, actually. He scored that goal this and he did it like that, the near post with a header. God, that'll be, oh, it'll be wonderful. You'll be the most informed presenter of, of a podcast ever. Well, that'd be about time. I've been doing this for 12 years. So there's a, you know, first time for everything, JK. I'll actually remember stuff. Too professional, though, Chidge. It might be too much. No fear of that. Um, Now, the other thing, of course, you know, something that that dawned on me is that, you know, we kind of alluded to this earlier. I think the absence will will make it grow fonder because we'll probably appreciate a lot more why football is special and, you know, why we perhaps need to appreciate it a little bit more when it comes back and not take it for granted. I mean, one thing I'm always acutely aware of is that when we see friends of ours that we've met through the fan cast, you come over from the States or wherever, they're like, they're like kids at Christmas, aren't they, Tony? You know, they are, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we take it for granted, I think, and maybe this will make us not take it for granted. And I think last and most important of all, uh, particularly in a time where, I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm really quite upset, actually. I'm not going to see the... I probably won't be able to see these guys for a pint for a long time. That's awful. I mean, luckily, we get together on a Monday, but I won't be able to see them for a pint, and that's important. So there's a lot of people out there like that. Now, we've created this whole community. We've got a lot of mates on Twitter and stuff, so I think it's beholden upon us to spend a little bit of time checking in with them and chatting to them and making sure that they're not getting too isolated, because being isolated is a shit thing. I can tell you for nothing. So there you go. That's my little list. Uh, Tony, you first. Have you got any other additions to that? Strumming uh, your banjo, obviously. Um, well, uh, obviously, there's there's two dogs that are now getting much, much more of my um, attention. Um, the little bastards that they are. Uh, there's there's the little matter of uh, a patio that I was going to re um, refurbish with some artificial turf and turn it into a rather nice artificially turfed area. It's so the football my- pitch. Uh, so that I could practice my... And also, obviously, I've got my walking football. If or as long as we are allowed to gather. Um, no, mate, that'll that, be gone. That'll be now, gone. Now, yeah, you see, now last week, you see, I, I, I trialled my new Adidas Kaiser 5 indoor football trainers, 
and I played so much better. I really did, and uh, and I love doing it. I love doing it. It's it, people will take the piss, but you, you, I think you know as well as I do that Tim Rolls actually plays this as well now, um, and we've had some dialogue with other people on on Twitter to say, you you have no idea just how competitive and bloody difficult it is walking football because actually anybody can play it because the walking levels everybody off. Yeah, um, and but the injuries tend to be. Uh, a because we're older, but B because you can't run for the ball, so you stretch more. So you, you know you, you're more open to things like hamstrings or um, you know tight calves or, or, or ankle twists or whatever. So you know there's a few things there. I mean I, I'm now faced with that. Like, so certainly it's impacted us straight away because um, Helen was due to go to Barcelona this week weekend for her sister's 50th birthday, postponed. Um, the trip out to France that she was going with her sisters again in uh, April. Um, they've already said it, almost certainly they will be closing the, the campsite where our mobile home is. They will be closing that down. Um, and our cruise in May has gone. So I'm already looking at thinking, fucking hell, I'm going to either end up the, with the, at the end of the year with a stack of annual leave that I can't flog <laughs> or get rid of um, or find something else to do. I mean, you know, even normally at this time of the year, you start getting to the tail end of the season, I start looking forward to cricket. Well, that looks going to look pretty fucked as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, my, my tickets for Lords are going to go the way of the pair. Jonathan, yes. are you going to be in the same boat? Um, well, I'm, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a member, so I can go whenever. So, well, but yeah, that, it'll be a waste of time. Another, another opportunity, will, you, will we be getting our money back? But cricket actually is an interesting game because you could play that all season because you stand a very long way away from everybody. And... Um, as long as you wear gloves all the time, you could actually never have, have any contact. You could keep playing it. Mm, good so that point. seems a quite a reasonable thing to be doing, actually. So I'm going to attempt to play that a lot. But um, also, I'm going to create a secret identity for myself and become uh, um, become a, um, a, a not a villain. What's the opposite? A, a superhero who is for the for the like Robin Hood, giving to the uh, the poor. Um, so I need to find a, a masked identity. So if anybody can give me a suggestion, what I could be. I could be the stick, I think. Super like kiddo. The super, yeah, no, that's too obvious. I need to be somebody secret that you can't then point to my being my name. Something like, something foliage. What about Ron? The leaf or something like that. Or the, um, the model. Ron. What about- yeah, I can't be, no, he's, he's toast now. Ron's had it. No, Ken Tremlett. I could be Ken Tremlett. I like that. That's a great a name for Ken. a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> I think, like, yeah. That's the kind of superhero name that Monty Python would come out with. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, then I could I could skulk and uh, I could be I could go out when we're all told to stay indoors and I could catch the virus. No, that's not a good idea, is it? No, I've got that one. <laughs> uh, how about how about then I could um, I'll create um, I'll do some um, I'll read a book on uh, on a philosophy that I didn't know and embrace it. Perhaps I'll become religious. No, I don't believe in that. But something I'll do something that's odd. I was told actually to to video myself a lot and just aimlessly stick them up on facebook or um or on uh, what is ken tremlett and uh, uh, yeah as both ken tremlett and whatever ken, ken, i think ken tremlett will be like that i'll make ken ken will be like that hello everybody and he'll be a nudist as well so he's constantly, <laughs> he's constantly, Paul, Paul he's na- constantly naked and uh, just, who, say again paul crowder yeah. suggested the camberwell carrot to you jonathan <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that a lot i like that i was it's just thinking good. actually i've I, 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 I no say didn't hear sorry what'd you say yeah no i was, I was just interrupting you which is very appalling i was going to say you know talking of the camberwell carrot you sound like you've been medicined mate 
<laughs> yes, possibly. Um, but you know, Campbell, I don't have any uh, connection with Campbellwell, though, Paul, so I can't really do that. So you'd have to be something. Um, what about carrots? The, ha- the Hammersmith hamster or something. The uh, the uh, <laughs> the Brook Green. Um, the Brook, Brook Green. Um, uh, um, Bastard. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, funnily enough, Tony, I was going to say that. And I thought it's a, bit, it's a bit aggressive and possibly not the thing to say um, I'll, on a podcast. I'll say, yeah, I'll say, yeah, I'll say bro- it, you don't have to. Yeah, say it for me, absolutely. All right, enough. To invoke the spirit of Monty Python, Jonathan, this, this podcast is getting too silly. Yes, it is. Sorry, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't heard from Martin yet. I want to know what Martin's going to do without football. Oh, I think I'll manage. Um, I've like yourself. I've got a shelf full of unread books that I might actually make a start on for a change. And um, actually, relating back to Chelsea a little bit, that mural that went up to mark the Holocaust Memorial. There is a book called The Names Heard Long Ago where one of the subjects of that mural is one of the people in the book. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. Um, with regards to cricket, you know, I think if measures are put in place where, you know, mass gatherings under, you know, a couple of hundred are banned, then I think county cricket is going to have its day because there's no way they can stop that with the attendances at, you know, one man. Well, I can probably dog. carry on, Martin, because nobody goes anyway. Exactly. You know, I mean, one man and his dog and sometimes the dog goes goes off for a piss so i think they're absolutely fine i'll tell you what i was about to go and for the first time in absolutely years and i mean years i was going to get my membership down at hampshire again because i was kind of thinking oh you know take dad down there be nice you know and i work yeah. quite close there once a week but i didn't i mean there's, I, I just don't see the point in doing it because you know there won't be any cricket i expect but anyway uh, i've got a final suggestion for a superhero <laughs> name for you jonathan from the lovely Stuart kinner uh, the wallam green wanker Oh, perfect. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie that, sounds, that sounds like a, sounds like the hide in the bushes, that one. Yeah, it does. It right? does yeah. a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't we have a player that was actually using that as a superhero identity? I'm saying no more for fear of being sued. Um, very, But you know who I mean. Anyway, um, we did promise Jonathan that we would uh, answer the question about will we get our money back. My, my take on this um, <clears throat> is the minute that the... Premier League announce, and this is another thing that kind of fits into what we were saying earlier, actually, boys, because the minute the Premier League say that the season's cancelled, then they suddenly are liable, uh, which means, you know, Sky will, and, and BT will go after them, the subscribers will go after Sky and BT, but likewise, the season ticket holders will be on the club's case saying, uh, right, I'd like my probably around 200 quid back, please, for the games that I can no longer see because the season is not going to finish. And, of course, they will be duty-bound to pay us our money back. However, I think this is what will happen. I think that they will say, I'll tell you what, we're not going to do that because we spent your money on buying Kovacic or something. So what we suggest we do <laughs> is that we is that we uh, knock the 200 quid off your next year's season ticket, whenever that may be. Uh, so we'll reduce that by £200. And then when the time comes, when they announce the new season ticket sales, they'll say, well, we've increased the price of the season tickets because we've kind of been not doing it for about 15 years, so it's yeah, about man. time we did it. And funnily enough, what you will find is that the season ticket increase will be about £200, Pounds. which is roughly 10 quid a game, yeah. which doesn't seem too out of order, does it, really? But it'll be exactly the same as the amount of money they owe us. That is my theory, Tony. I know. I, 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 do you know what? But can I just say... Go on, JK, go on, JK, quickly. Oh, tell me more. I've been sent my season ticket um, renewal form already. 
but for uh, for Aussies, and it's gone up three percent. Right. And this is this was before the coronavirus. So what's with that? So yeah. uh, yes. What do I do? Do I, I'm going to actually write him a note, the, the bloke who does it, saying, "Do I pay for next season? Is it happening? What happens? I don't yeah. know where I legally stand. What do I do?" Yeah. It's, it, he, might, he might say, "Well, your, your seat will be in doubt then." Oh, great, yeah. thanks. I, I think, I mean, mm. you 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 wonder whether or not um, there's there's all sorts of ramifications into this, and I, I agree with you um, that they could they could you know it, it, the company I work for we would just call it a service credit, so we'd say actually you know what we'll knock it off you next time because you know we failed you in some way. Although the club haven't, although um, you know they're on what is it eight nine games, so about about four games left. Four home, home games, four home games. So I reckon it's about two hundred quid. Yeah, so and at face value, that's exactly what it is. Now, part of me thinks they could do that. They could give you some sort of, uh, uh, like you said, discount or whatever. Um, because again, it goes back to it's not just us. It's going to affect every club, you know. And, and Arsenal, I think, where the season tickets are two or three times the price that we pay, um, uh, you know, it's going to be, it is going to be a, a significant expense. Now, also, would they give you time to pay? Would they say, actually, do you know what? Do, do we deem money made a fifth or whatever it is that the, the limit normally is? April the third, I've been told. That's earlier than normal. That's really he, he, he's yeah. different than us, isn't he? I don't. Oh, is they he right? I was yeah. going to say because that that that, that, <coughs> that would piss people off. It's because it's hospitality. It's oh, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's so never to be hospitality. Yeah. Just, but I think in, in, I think in our case, if they did that, they they basically said your season ticket only lasted you eleven months, and you've got to pay for your next one. I, I they'd be bloody. Well, you'd think they'd be uproar, but like. She said they're like a drug dealer on the corner, and they, yeah, yeah. I, I still need, I still need fix. Listen, at the end of the day, um, I, I, I work for a very large business, as you know, Chid. Right? Okay, we have business continuity plans in place for pandemics, for wars, for all sorts of things, like all of these major companies do. I would like to think that Chelsea have that. I'd like to think that the Premier League have that, although it's not looking like they do at the moment. Okay, um, but then their business continuity plans may well fall have to fall in with a, an overall UEFA FIFA kind of thing or whatever. So I get the complication of that. But a major business like Chelsea should have business continuity plans, which covers off things like, um, you know, what about the fans who've stumped up a grand upfront? For their season tickets, who have then found themselves shortchanged by four, five, six games or whatever, um, and, and 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 I think this is all to come out. And I, I wonder whether or not part and parcel of that two-week buffer that Martin said about till April the third is whilst they actually work on this in the background, so they know they know already that they, they, we're not likely to see football again, and, and you know the, perhaps this season and maybe even going on into next season, and that that two weeks is where they are all working together to come up and say this is what we're going to do give the championship to Liverpool. Uh, we're going to do this with the season tickets. We're going to, you know, whatever. I, I, maybe that's what they've done. And maybe they've just bought themselves some breathing space. That, that's me being less cynical than normal and a bit more optimistic. Mm. Martin, what do you reckon, mate? Well, um, I actually got a refund on my tickets for the Bayern Munich away leg. Got processed last <clears> week. But I think that was a slightly different circumstance because it had gone behind closed doors. So they just kicked off the refund process much sooner the other thing is there are on season tickets there are some who paid up front at the start of the season yeah and others who went through on the installment plan yes so up front yeah yeah i paid up front on home and away others will have gone on installment so whether they just suspend the deductions until the games start again i don't know the other thing is um 
this was pointed out last week about the next away game is um, West Ham. And by normally, you know, if, it, if everything was normal, those tickets would be out by now. And obviously, if that game's not going to happen, then how quickly can they get shit post the tickets out and things like there's so many things going on and with regards to refunds and that if they've postponed it rather than cancelled it then they can delay can't they because i mean yeah technically the leicester cup game hasn't been scrapped altogether so the refund hasn't been done but um because the Bayern munich game went behind closed doors they automatically process refunds so I think there's a little bit of a wording difference there too. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. very interesting to see what happens. But so, uh, and yeah. also, sorry, Graham, sorry, Graham sorry, guys, sorry, guys. Well. Yeah, got, sorry, Martin, say that again. Uh, with regards to the Bayern Munich game, there's a question of if they are going to make any contributions towards you know lost money through cancelled and not being able to take flights and what have you. We know that Man U made a £350 contribution to that Europa League game that got played behind closed doors. We've heard nothing yet from the club about um, people who are travelling to Bayern. Well, I, I'd be amazed if you do, because there were 3,700 odd of us going over there, and I think United only took about 700, so it's very different economics on that one. Really? All right, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're amazing, isn't it? Nothing to talk about, and we're 20 minutes over where we should be yeah, so far. That's, that's bloody normal for you, Chidge. Well, only when you're on the show, Tony. Funnily enough, I can't, I cannot for the life of me think why. Um, right now, we're, yep, absolutely. You know me. Uh, we are going to have a break, not least so Jonathan can go and have a lie down, uh, have his uh, pacemaker refitted, and probably have a wee. And then when we a get wank, back, actually, a wank. Oh, a wank, of course. Thank you, J.K. For well, don't you know? Don't bit, take too long. You know, I know at your age. I needed. I know at your age, it might take a bit back. longer, but you know. Uh, but we're going to have a break, and when we do, we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the season. If, in fact, if it has ended, how are we going to remember it? Yeah. So there we go. We'll be back soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. Stanford Chidge here on the Chelsea Fancast, who, whose aim is to carry on regardless and ignore the chaos that's going on outside of these four walls. And I am joined by Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And Mr. Tony Glover. Bienvenue. Willkommen. Uh, Salidas. Uh, and uh, Mr. Martin Wickham. English here, all right. All right. That's what I like from Martin. Absolutely, what was an exit. I know, but it's, it's, do you know what? Actually, it's a, uh, it's, it's. T- Tony thinks that he and he and my joke about speaking foreign languages uh, and the wrong words is well, new. Douche. It's not uh, number one. You know, Del Boy did it, but I, I was doing it even probably before that actually, because uh, my my mate Sheridan Bird, who who's a lovely, ch- I got him on the Love Sports Show yesterday. Isn't he? He's uh, in Italy, isn't he? Or exactly. I... Well, uh, this is a, a potential quiz question that I can now never ask because Sheridan Bird was the first guest on the first Chelsea fancast we did. Me, Martin, and Sheridan Bird, and uh, he's an old mate of mine, and I used to work with him on TV. And he used to do, uh, we used to get him on to be kind of our international football correspondent. And it was a bit jokey as well. And uh, because he was always abroad somewhere, we used to like do exactly what Tony and I do. And he would always say Salidas because he knew, you know, exactly. It means exit. So, you know, so there you go. Okay, bit of history. Anyway, we're all here. Uh, We're still alive, just about. Uh, Anyway, we thought, you know, we've we've been here for about an hour. We've been here for about an hour and a half, so we thought maybe it'd be a good time to talk about some football. Indeed. What? 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 So who's playing what and why? Not, not me, mate. Not I'm me. not guilty. No. Well, I was attempting because we we're about to talk about football to have a football background, which I thought yes. would be quite clever, but very but it unhelpful. Clearly, it clearly backfired because <laughs> it wasn't loud enough. Then it was yeah. too loud. And then it was uh, another one thing or the other. So I yeah, Jonathan, it off. it's you 2020. Need, we we know not. We no longer need in camera yes. effects. You, you needed the, the skills. I the silk, skills. You said the football. I really yeah. went. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, great. Can I, I, I edit it in. I edit it in in, in post, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. And about we've it. we have painted patented um, background music and and that sort of stuff on the podding shed, because the fine Donal um, does it, and he does it excellently. So turn it off, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, right. It's off, good. It's off. Good. I don't want it. I'm, but I've, it's gone. It's you know. You've disowned it. I know. All right. Yeah. Well, shush, shush. Right. Uh, oh, so, um, well, I could always shout out things like, "Come on, kick it further." <laughs> please don't. Like otherwise, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to. I'm going to call it from now, on Martin. You. In, in honour, remember that, I don't know, you were probably around then, actually, in the days when Martin used to be on it, and he used to be such an annoying tit that I would actually just disconnect his mic. <laughs> it didn't make any difference, he would he still carry on talking. He wasn't doing sound effects, though, was he? He was just make, having opinion. He was just being a tit. He was being a tit. Yeah, I'm not being a tit, I'm just being... No. I'm just All right, be quiet, thank yeah. you. I want to go to bed sometime tonight. 
Right, so uh, we're back, and uh, if uh, if as we all think uh, right now that we've this is the end of the season, really, um, I think the question that we need to ask is how will we remember it? Um, you know, there have been many things to commend it. I think the first thing I want to ask you, lovely people, is um, what you know. What marks, Jonathan, would you give uh, Frank Lampard and and Jody in their first kind of season as Chelsea's management team? Well, I think they've actually they've timed the coronavirus and Doy catching it beautifully, because uh, I think if it hadn't been for the last two victories, we would have been less enthusiastic. But because the last two victories, for whatever reason, stumbled upon a pattern and uh, and uh, a performance level that was pretty good, I think we've um, we've come away thinking, yeah, I'll give him seven. Whereas I think before we might have given him five when he wasn't really sure what his team was. And that's actually such a, a it's, it's an annoying uh, um, uh, situation now that, that they're playing at their best. He is, appears to have come across a fantastic young player in Gilmore is holding them all together. Um, Kepper finally looks like a better goalkeeper, probably because uh, Frank sorted out what's happening because even Barkley's playing well moving forward. So consequently, we're... Uh, where um, we could have, I think, trounced Villa, and then it would have been very interesting for the rest of the season. I think we'd have qualified easily for for Europe, but we will never know mm, because the momentum will have changed completely now. But um, uh, for me, that's why I would give it seven because I think he, I think by uh, it was it was an accident, um, but, the, but thank goodness he had the resources in the youth which is the one positive thing we will not positive one positive one of the main positive things about the season is um the fact that for a variety of reasons because in his appointment and the transfer ban we've ended up with an opportunity to use the academy which is um exactly what abramovich wanted to by the way abramovich's wealth went down so far has gone down 2.8 billion in the last why few. why because of the all of all of his investments because right. the stocks because all the investments around the world have gone down to nothing. Even I, myself, my investments have now gone down from six million to uh, uh, two pounds uh, seventeen shillings and sixpence. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I, I've gone down to pay nothing. So, uh, but it, that's it. So, we definitely won't be able to afford Sancho. Um, but but no, it'll you know, once this all rectifies, it'll be back up again. But uh, it's interesting to see how many other. Obviously, everybody else has lost money. Every, I mean, Levy and uh, Spurs. I mean, I think they're in even worse position aren't they because of all the debt what about united with all the debt that's been involved bloody hell um that that's going to be intriguing somebody should look into their accounts at the moment but yeah that i would say that uh, um uh, as a as a season of transition um it, it was going very well but uh, purely i think by accident in the end because because he's found a uh, a setup that seemed to work um with uh, and we never thought it would be example i know that was the end of him that everybody thought he was going to leave in january but they couldn't find a like-for-like -like replacement so and he has proven himself in the last couple of games to be completely outstanding and it works brilliantly with this setup so i'm uh, i'm going to give him seven personally mm, for the, okay. as, as we are as martin season. martin how do how about you what are your marks out of him for frank and jody because i think we, i think that's the point it's, it's jody as well i think everybody focuses on frank but jody has a, has had a massive part to play in whatever's happened this season hasn't he yeah, I think it's a, a seven for both from me as well. They have been pretty much learning on the job in a very high-pressured environment. So for, for them to do what they have is um, 
commendable in my view. Still not perfect, far from perfect, and there are a lot of things they can work on. And the one thing they could do, even if you know there's no games on, there's still a lot of work they can do with the players because there's been certain things like you know off the ball they've occasionally looked a bit ropey. But again, it's a lot better than I thought it it could have been. At one point, I thought it was going to be potentially exceeding that when we went on those consecutive wins and you know beating Ajax in their backyard and things like that but um it's just been it's been a season of transition off the pitch on the pitch and I think vast majority of people we know that go to games and that and that we know on social media have been you know fully up with it but it doesn't mean it's been perfect and there's a lot to learn and if if the season stay gets void and we are back in the Champions League next season I think that's that's more or less what the club wanted yeah Tony yeah it, this is a, this is an interesting one because I, I I want to give half marks in here I, I would have gone from six and a half out of ten to seven and a half out of ten and that's just because I'm a contrarian anyway um <laughs> But what, you I, what star what star <laughs> sign is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, to, 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 uh, get JK to get Jeeves to um, to, to look it up. Sorry, sorry, lads. Breaking news here. Not football yes. related, but this National. is how serious this is. The fucking Grand National's been called off. Yep. No, it, it, it has indeed just been announced. Yep, there wow. it is. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, there yeah, you go. Which just makes the fact that Cheltenham was running four days last week look even more stupid than it already already Absolutely, was. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. bonkers. Yeah. I think they were just trying to kill Alan Brazil off. No, he he. Listen, that's a man who will not test positive for COVID nineteen. He hasn't washed his hands in twenty years. He is immune. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, so I I I I agree with. With what Martin said, I, I, I don't, I, I kind of disagree with J.K. on the accidental uh, element of it. I think Frank has been working through Frank and Jody have been working through this very publicly, um, in a very big job in comparison to anything they had before, um, and 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 I've enjoyed part of it. Um, I, I think you know I, when I watched the Everton game, I thought Christ Almighty, that is bare bones. We're, we're down to bare bones there because we've got Andrew in and, and um, uh, the other one goes, Broger, is it, I think? On Broger, the bench. yeah. Um, and I thought, and we were down to bare bones, let's face it. They, they, you know, we are, we're sort of digging deeper into the academy when, 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 when we're pinging in um, younger players like that for a big game like that against Everton, who are we're an informed team. And surprisingly enough, 4-0 flattered them, flattered them. Um, and uh, so it was really good to see. And, and I've enjoyed... I've enjoyed much more about this season than I enjoyed of anything of last season. Um, and it's because I think um, when I look at the job that Frank's done, I think it'd be churlish to give him anything less than, than seven or seven and a half because we lost the best player in Europe last season. Right. Uh, it, it, and without that, one of the best players in the world. Eden Hazard carried us through that season last year. Without him, we wouldn't have won anything. Um, and I think... Once you lose a player like that, almost impossible to... Even if Pulisic had lived up to it, which he kind of... He sort of touched on it, but he's been injured for so long. Um, and I look at it and think, um, there isn't a single player that we've introduced this season from the academy that looks out of place in the Premier League. That's a massive achievement. The class of 92 is never going to happen again. OK, that was a complete and utter one-off. OK, but... 
what other team has introduced five or six, maybe even seven of their academy squad in one season? There was a fantastic uh, up, and they put it up on Sky before the game. It was the number of players, academy uh, minutes that players got last season under Sarri compared to this season. And it's just the difference was just utterly, utterly enormous. OK, um, and, and there we are about, to, you know, potentially finishing fourth. Having lost uh, Hazard, uh, I think a lot of credit needs to be given to those two. It, it, there is an argument, I guess, that they could do with someone, uh, another experienced head in that in that uh, coaching squad. Um, but the, for me, the two of them seem to be learning. And actually, although Jody Morris gets a bit of a, a, a bad rap from people who don't think he's the most intelligent tool in the pack, his, his knowledge and his depth and his insight into that academy has been absolutely first class we've yeah. we've you know, really seen some good stuff coming out and i'm i'm thrilled for the future thrilled one, one thing as well that really has given credit to frank was when he recently when we had all these injuries and he's rather than pissing and moaning about it in public he said it's an opportunity for other players to come through absolutely he's spun a difficult situation compare it to Mourinho, who's, who's... I, I wasn't going to mention his name but no. that's the exact you know that's yeah. what he's he's been doing, dealing with at the same time. He was bemoaning all his injuries. Lampard's spin on it. Well, it was a little bit of a PR spin. Was yeah, okay. We are where we are. Well, this is an opportunity for other players to step up. And you know, he brought Billy Gilmore in most yeah. obviously, but then to bring the likes of Angerin and Brozier off the bench in a Premier League game, give them their first minutes. That is a hell of a statement. Not just to the not just to the first team, not just to the fans. That's a statement to the whole club, but he the whole academy. Done it if we, yeah. He wouldn't have done it if it had been 2-1 or 2-0. He wouldn't have done it. It was perfect. No, I, was I, I, I agree with that. Minutes, I, I agree uh, with that, but we've got managers and, and then, who, no, who wouldn't have done it at 4-0 no, up either. So yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. I think uh, if you look at Sarri, he would have been 4-0 up. He wouldn't have even thought about making a substitution unless it was Bartley for Kovacic. He'd have brought us a roster on or something like that. I don't think he would ever have been 4-0 up, ever. I don't think that would ever have Oh, yeah, you've listened. All right, you lot. Okay, um, I'm going to pitch in I'm gonna pitch in here. I'm, I'm going to be more generous, actually. I'm going to say 8 out of 10, because on the simple basis that on pretty much every facet, they've exceeded my expectations massively, uh, and I've, I find the you know the, the the reason to be disappointed completely understandable. Really, um, I mean, Paul Crowder's mentioning the defence, and I and I see what he's saying, but I think you know Frank has been given the pack that he, you know he's been yes. dealt the pack that he's been dealt with, and there's not much he could have done. And if if players you know, ultimately, it's about players, and and if they're either not good enough or they let you down, then there's not a lot you can do. And I think that's perhaps why he's had to shuffle his pack more than he wants. And as we know, that's the last thing you want with the defence. But I think you know, as the boys have said, I mean, you know, to to introduce the number of uh, academy players that he has, and for them to all, I mean, Tammy Abraham, absolutely brilliant with the number of goals he scored. Yes, he's had problems sometimes this season, but you know, you expect that with a youngster. Uh, Mason Mount to be absolutely fundamental to the side and how Frank wants to play. He's been brilliant. Uh, Reese James uh, has been all, all, everything that we expected he would. I mean, what a player he looks. Um, who are the others that I'm, I'm forgetting immediately? I think Pulisic again. I mean, a shame that he he didn't really recover from that injury in time. Uh, Tamori, what's, what's he got? We don't know, do we? It's an, um, it was an adductor injury. Yeah, which is uh, your front thigh, right. isn't it? I think. Exactly. Well, you yeah. know, Callum Hudson-Odoi, slightly disappointing, but then again, hampered by injury. 
Uh, Tamori, uh, interesting. I don't. He's a bit of a question mark. I don't know what happened with him. Although I think he's a super player. Uh, and of course, the, the the last, the best till last. I mean, Billy Gilmore. What an absolute rev- revelation he was when he broke into the sides that so recently. So you know, the fact that he's brought all of those youngsters through and that none of them have looked completely out of place at this level is is not only brilliant for this season, but but you know, really bodes well for the future. So that plus the fact. Now, you know, we kind of move this into results and things. I mean, you know, being fourth, yeah, you can say, well, the others have been shocking. Well, that's true. But, you know, we can't do anything else about Man United, Wolves, Sheffield United, Spurs and Arsenal being equally rubbish. I mean, you know, we, we can do what we can do. Last year, we came third because everybody else screwed up. It is what it is. The reality is that if it finished today, we would be fourth. We'd have Champions League football. I didn't expect we'd get anywhere near that this season. Yep. And the club will be beyond chuffed that, that that's what we've managed to achieve. And and a quarterfinal in the FA Cup. And getting knobbed in the Champions League. But we got out of the group stages and I wasn't even sure we'd managed to do that. So I think when you look at all of that, it's brilliant. But I think the thing that really matters most in a weird old sense because we're we're mad football fans frank has managed to do the double over spurs i mean that is a prerequisite for any chelsea manager you do not lose to tottenham he's done them yeah. twice brilliant he did arsenal away as well yeah i mean you can't ask for more than that uh and you know he gave he gave city i mean you know we remember i remember us getting dubbed six nil by city last season four nil inside 20 minutes and, you know, we got beaten 2-1. Yeah, they're a much better side than us. Yeah, but, you know, he gave it a go and we didn't look out of our depth. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, so Liverpool, we, we I mean, we beat them in the cup, obviously, uh, last week or whenever it was. But we've run them close in every match we played against them this season. There are very few teams in this league who can say that. So when you look at all of that, mate, I'm going for eight out of ten. Did you? So did there. you? Did you? Are you still got? Because I mate, you actually mentioned this. I thought you mentioned it in the in the script or whatever about you know the, the sort of stand that you've got. Oh, the best, most improved, disappointed players, and the best and worst games. So yeah, far. we're going to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right, fine. I've got me. Do you want to go? Do you want to? Do you want to well, kick yeah, off? So, you got the script on you. Go and go for it, mate. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, ironically, think that our worst game was ever and away, um, and we 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 hit the the uh, Duncan Ferguson um, new manager bounce. Or interim manager bounce, um, you know they were a dismal team under De Silva. Uh, it's a bit of a mystery to me how that man uh, seems to have the reputation he does because Duncan Ferguson was always going to fire them up for that game, but we were poor. You know, it was as poor as I've seen it in it this season. Um, ironically, the game that I, I uh, the best game, the best game you'd think would be the four 0 against Everton at uh, home or something like that. But I'm going to go for the two one defeat at home to Liverpool because we. We were 2-0 down from two set pieces. We came back into that game. And for the last 35 minutes of that second half, we were absolutely running them ragged. The damage had been done. okay, but the football was thrilling. And it is I don't know if it's happened at any other games. this season. I don't think it's been any of the games I've been to. But the the, the fans stood and applauded that team off the pitch. Um, And that is a real rarity. We just lost... But I tell you what, the people that were blowing out their asses and sighing when that final whistle went were Liverpool, and that, that, they hung they, on. They hung on. They were, they, and it was. It, I, I did the box analogy. I'll do it again. It was very much the kind of the champion who's got in the ring and thinks yeah, the, it's the Joshua releasing in some ways or whatever. He thinks he's going to coast through it or whatever, but actually gets hit with a couple of punches and starts thinking. And in the end, they were hanging on the ropes. They really were. Give that a game another five minutes, we'd have equalised. And it was such a stirring, spirited. Now I know we haven't done that in other games that we lost, 
But we didn't do it at all last season when we went behind. Not once. So to come back and to, to, to really show some spirit at such an early stage of our development, that for me was that was a brilliant, brilliant game. And, 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 and we walked out of there having lost, but with heads held high, chests puffed out. Because I, what I see in the future is, 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 is spirit and, and fight and all of that. And, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm thrilled by it. So there you go. There's my worst and best games. What about players, Tony? Um, for me, um, I, 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 you can't get away from Billy Gilmore uh, and, and his appearances. But, uh, you know, he's, had, he's, he's played two or three games over the season, you know, f- f- from the start or whatever. Um, I, I still think, for me, the player who stood out the most because he was just like, what does he do, is Kovacic. I think we look so much better with him. Um, he, he's a marauding... Uh, I, I, do you know he's got he's got a touch of the dark arts about him, which I like. I like that in a player. You know that kind of. Uh, it, it, I, I think if Kovacic is on the pitch and Billy Gilmore takes an elbow to the face, the player who did that is going to be shitting himself because he's going to he's going to have, gonna have uh, a mad Balkan basically chasing him down and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I, an angry I, Scott and an angry and an angry Scott. So I, I like Kovacic from a, from a, from a youth set up. Um, I, I look at Tammy Abraham and some of the others and Mason Mount. I'm, I'm still thinking the one that, that I think is probably the most naturally gifted player I've seen is Reese James. Mm, OK. Uh, Martin, uh, I'm going to ask the same questions of you. Best player, disappointing player, improved player, young talent. Best game so far, worst game so far? OK. Well, some of the player categories are a little bit interchangeable, I think, uh, because of the influx of youth this season. Mm. Best player was the one I actually struggled with the most. Not to, not because, you know, there hasn't, no one's, they've been all bad, but because everyone's seems to have really contributed equally at vital points in the season. So if maybe one player had a bit of a downer, others would step up for him. But I think just the goal numbers speak for themselves, really. And considering the, the rough start he had with the missed penalty in Istanbul and the mental strength he, sh- he showed after that, I think Tammy Abraham's still yeah, actually yeah, on that. Um, disappointing now this is no reflection of their performance on the pitch but it's everything to do with injuries and what might have been for me it's Christian Pulisic because I think there's a lot more to come he just needs to stay fit and I hope he he does next season (coughs) Um, most improved I'm going to say Kovacic because the shackles were taken off and we saw a little bit more of what he was about and I liked it yeah and Best young talent, bloody hell! This is a hell of a category. Um, I think uh, Tony Glover. Yeah, I just didn't see the word young in there. <laughs> I think we saw a little bit more of his future in the Everton game because rather than playing at fullback, he moved into midfield and he looked like he'd been there for the last five years. And I think he's got the most upside of all of them. I yeah. think Reese James. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, Best game, I'm going to be very parochial, going to that new ground of theirs for the first time and taking a massive, great big steaming piss on it and beating them 2-0. Um, beating Tottenham away, I thought was fantastic. And that ground is wonderful, but it's still in an absolute shit tip. Never let it be forgotten. <laughs> it's, awful. it's like they've, they've put a wonderful building, it looks immaculate, and then you look next door and you remember you're still there and it's still not great. Uh, worst game... I would probably losing to Bournemouth at home with the troubles they've had. I thought was just awful. And you could see it coming as well. That was the worst thing. And the long VAR check me on the goal and just waiting for it. Um, 
yeah, there's been there's been a few disappointing moments like that, but that one just stood out to me because of how what a state they're in at the moment. I could have also said Southampton on Boxing Day, but they've improved quite significantly. Hmm. Good choices, Martin. Jonathan. Um, yes, I felt that the uh, the Bournemouth at home game was a uh, a low. Um, I'm not as enthusiastic about um, Tammy, who I think has uh, not uh, maintained the the excellence that he started with. As as in fact, I'm I'm confused by the team gen- generally as to how the 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 tactics we started off with at the beginning of the season, which was seemed to be pure Frank from Derby, which was so effective, um, have slowly tailed off. And I'm, I'm happy, as I said, with the way we played against Liverpool and, um, um, and Everton, because it seemed to be kind of a kind of football we played when Frank played, which is having a very strong centre, centre forward, as opposed to um, somebody who fits the pattern like Tammy being so mobile. Um and uh, um, so it, it, it's gone in and out the season for me who would be the best player because Tammy started out wonderfully when the goal he scored against, was it Southampton? The lob was one of the great goals. Really, he really was uh, on fire during that part. And subsequently, before his injury, whether he was injured at the time, he's been he's been slow on anticipating and has not looked anywhere near the player that he was. But you wonder whether that was a general malaise from the team because they all got a bit exhausted attempting to play at such a high tempo for Frank um, because um, similarly Mount had a bit of a dip but once again but Mount was fabulous against Everton and you thought well if he can somehow maintain this level of performance for the rest of the season we'll never find out probably um, uh, you're looking at a very special player um, and of course the weirdness of having William and Pedro play so well and, and we really we'd written them all off in the same way we'd written Barclay off. So this has been an interesting surprise for me. Um, and I know that we had the, this business of, of, of uh, I think Clayton was, was justifying it by saying, you know, it's game time last week, which I'm not a, I'm not a great fan of because um, uh, I, I'm, in the modern age, you just have to come in and play to your best within the pattern, within the tactics you've been set up and hope that you can translate your training ground um, form into the first team. You can't. We can't wait for players to to suddenly become good. So you, because logically, you would then say that both Pedro, Pedro suddenly because he hadn't played wasn't any good. Pedro's legs have gone. He made a very good effort in the Everton game, covering for Alonso, and it worked tactically. But you're not going to tell me that he's now back to the player that he was. He's not. He's not quite good enough for the setup. He's been a great servant to the club. But at the end of his contract in the summer, I think, well, if once again if the contract do end or, or people have anywhere to go, he would be going. But um, uh, it, it just seems to me that I'll, I'll go on about it. He's arrived at a at a system of playing that is diff- very different from the way he played early on in the season. And the way he played early on in the season for the first few games was fabulous, which involved Pulisic playing out of his skin, involved Mount playing out of his skin, no place for Barkley, Kovacic and Jorginho playing out of their skins. And we've just, as it's happened, Gilmore has arrived on the scene and given them a, a solidity and a presence and a passing ability that that um, we obviously we saw a little bit of when he came on for Grimsby, but he wasn't he wasn't the finished article. And it's taken him four months of training with the first team to become this this fantastic prospect 
But similarly, we because he's a youth, you might find that in five games, if we'd had the five games, it's not quite there for him because I think they get knackered. I think it's been a uh, that would be a reason for me as to why they've not maintained that form. Which let's be honest, in the middle period when they kept losing was really um, almost relegation form, and I, and I, I I was scratching my head as to why on earth it had happened. Um, and I, I think it may have been just because the, the system, he hadn't got the, the cogs right in the system. I still don't think this is possibly the way that he'll want to play when, when the season does restart or this one ends, because uh, he'll, have a, he'll have everybody back to fitness. You know, I'm, 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 I was disappointed in the way that everybody somehow presumed that Loftus-Cheek, almost from November, was going to be fit when it was so obvious that he was he was desperately ill, having been injured so, so appallingly. In the same way, you've got to think that Adoy, um, uh, rather than write him off, has similarly had such a dreadful injury, and it's been very difficult for him. I think Frank at some stage got angry with him because he wasn't doing what Frank had asked him. But, but I think psychologically the effects of that injury are so dreadful. In the same way for Cheek, I think Cheek will, um, if the season... Um, uh, he's a man for next season, hoping that he can get back to what he was because he was a terrific player. But you, we have to accept the fact he might get overtaken by some of the other youth that come in. Because you said that Andrew player um, is was. I've watched a few of the youth games on uh, on the Chelsea app, and uh, God, he's fabulous. Obviously, at that level, he's not quite good enough for the first team yet. We we'll give him a chance anyway. So, my, the, 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 just to sum up, I can't really to find the player of the year. It just it's in and out for me. I think. Kovacic has been potentially brilliant. I think we've discovered a, an extra notch for him um, uh, towards perfection because I think he's playing in a very different way than he played under Sarri. And I think it suits him. And I think his performance, I think the Watford game away, he was absolutely fabulous. But then at the same time, Jorginho was fabulous. And I think Jorginho is being found out just because of his inability to tackle in the same way that even... Gilmore can tackle and he's a bit slow this is why he's been booked so much because he's always trying to foul to catch somebody up who's just gone past him so um uh, and I was intrigued that Alonso who was, we all thought was once again was on his bike came back in for the Spurs game and was and was fabulous both Spurs games absolutely fabulous and you think well if he's played in a system that works we'd written him off as saying he'd only play in a in a uh, you know a Conte like um, three with wing backs, and then he played the other day in the four. And because Pedro was so disciplined, Alonso was allowed to play up and looked really, really dangerous because he's the best striker of the ball in the club. So on current form, you'd say, well, Alonso played wonderfully. So at the moment, I can't actually give a, uh, I can't tell you which is the who are the best players in the season. Possibly, possibly Kovacic, um, just because he's been consistent, though uh, um, Frank hasn't picked him all the time. Um, William, as usual, has been in and out, um, scored some great goals. He should score more. We've always said this. Looks as if he's going to go. He's asked for a, well, will, will he go? What's going to happen with the contract? Um, asked for a three-year contract when they won't give more than two. Louise is the only person they've ever given, given two, two to. And that was a that was a, an anomaly. I think Juru got a year and a half. But they really don't like giving more than a year contract to players over 30. And they were... I don't think they're going to make an exception to William. So it looks to me as if he may have something else lined up. Um, who else? Who else? Let's go through them. I don't know. Uh, Tomori faded away. Rudiger's in and out. Um, Zuma's had a pretty good season, but Frank didn't rate him and started playing. Christensen. Christensen's been in and out. Kepa's been in and out. Um, it's really tricky to say who's the best player. Um, 
uh, 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 mount in and out uh, uh, um, uh, same way as um, Martin. I, I I can't really say. I can't. Um, for me, that's that's not that. I can't do that one. So. All right. All right. Good luck. Good good stuff, mate. Um, cool. Blimey. Where to start? <clears throat> Best player for me. I'm kind of with with the chaps on this. Uh, for me, it's a combination of either Tammy Abraham because I think to get 15 goals. Uh, coming into the side with the amount of pressure that would have been on his shoulders is is just brilliant. I mean, I know he's had dips in form. I know he's not the finished article, but I think that's phenomenal. You know, I mean, I've seen players come in, you know, Drogba score something like 11 goals in his first season with us. So, you know, I thought that was tremendous of him. Uh, Kovacic as well, I thought, has been really, really good this season. But I think generally you're right. I mean, players have been up and down, you know, as we kind of would expect it. Disappointing player for me, and again, this is no... No kind of comment on his talent, but I'd say Kante. Um, you know, clearly not helped by the, the the injuries and the fact that the that he may have been broken from last season. But to see him struggle this season has been a real disappointment for me. Most improved player. Uh, I mean, you could argue you, again that that would be uh, Kovacic compared to last year, and he's the way he's been freed up and liberated by the way that Frank wants to play has been an absolute joy to see. Best young talent, well, my goodness me, there's so many of them, aren't there? Reese James, definitely worth a shout. Mason Mount, absolutely worth a shout. We've already mentioned Tammy. Um, but I've got, I've got to say Billy Gilmore. I mean, I know he's only played a couple of times, but my God, to come into a side at that age, uh, and let's be honest, he's not the most uh, you know, kind of intimidating physical specimen per se, but to win basically two Man of the Match awards, to run the game and to play the way that he did and to improve the way that we played as well. I mean, if if he's not the best young talent I've seen, well, I'd say since Ray Wilkins broke through the side. That's how high I rate this kid. So he gets it easily for me. Best game so far. Really interesting. I love Tony's uh, comment about the Liverpool game. I, I I think you're absolutely spot on, Tony, I have to say. But I would also throw in the Spurs game, as Martin did, because... It's just too funny being Spurs in their new patch, and we, and we and we all know how much we love to beat Spurs. Um, I really liked I really liked the win against Ajax. I mean, you know, let's be honest, they battered us for most of that match, but at the time, you know, they were very very highly rated. And and what I like most about that that came off the back of us uh, playing this kind of really aggressive, uh, fast paced attacking football. What we did against Ajax was we shit housed a result. And there's nothing I like more than shithousing a result. I absolutely delighted in, in, in Atletico Madrid beating Liverpool last week because they shithoused their way to it. And I really, I really felt that, that that team of youngsters grew up that night. And I think that that was really, really important. Um, as for worst games, yep, yeah, absolutely. I thought the Everton game where we absolutely got physically intimidated and bullied was really disappointing. Um, I hated losing to West Ham at home. That was horrible. Uh, I hated losing to Southampton and Bournemouth too. But I think of all the disappointments this year, it was the it was the loss to Man United at home in the Premier League that really peed me off because uh, we just got so mugged off by them, and that left a really bitter taste in my mouth. But it won't detract from what I said earlier, which is I think that overall this season has been a really, really good one for all of the players, even some of the ones that you know I've delighted in seeing people like Giroud and Alonso and Pedro come in and. You know, do a really, really good job. And I think the thing that we we don't talk about enough and haven't talked about enough this season is 
the spirit in the side. Frank's got them all all on the same page and all pulling their weight. And I think that's lovely to see. You know, as I said, Pedro coming in and playing like he did against Everton. Even Barkley's upped his game. And that's a really encouraging thing. And I think they're all buying into Frank. And I think that's proving that, apart, apart from everything else, what we might have in Frank is a really, really good man manager. And that is something to really look forward to going forward. Right. After this very short break, we should be back with some wonderful emails. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, uh, last part, Chelsea Fancast, uh, a, a, a two and a half hour show, probably where we've hardly talked about football who knew it could be done <laughs> i did i knew all the time and we have actually talked about some football i thought we had a lovely chat in that last part about what we thought of the season uh now this one's a lovely email jonathan from somebody i know well he's he, he, he's quite often to be found to the right of me in uh, gate 17 and he's he is from a man home. of great uh well i'm about to tell you he's a he's a man of great uh kind of uh you know a lot of people in the chelsea circles know him he's he's long been associated with things like the chelsea independent and all sorts of websites and he's a lovely man called graham fendall would you like me to read it chich i would mate yeah that'd be lovely i shall thank you very much email one graham fendall dear dave that's you chich jonathan that's me and special Guest star. I think we'll find there are two of them. It's Tony and Martin. Indeed. Guest stars. So yeah. cross one. As ever, I, as ever, I enjoyed listening to the fancast this week. But episode number four hundred and ninety-five, Mersey Beaton, resonated with me more than usual. It's genuinely lovely to hear from people who've taken their kids to matches and to hear about how people came to follow Chelsea through family and indeed friends' connections. As much as it's great to see our mates and old acquaintances at the ground on match day, some of whom many of us will have known for decades, it's heartwarming to hear people talk about that family connection. Such is the love we have for the club that it's perfectly natural to want to take our kids, nieces, nephews and other family members to games to continue the legacy. Sometimes it's even nicer to pay it back. Thus, it was when I took my old man back to Stamford Bridge in 2004 after he'd not been to the ground in many years. He was one of many who felt that hooliganism wasn't football so stop going but I asked him if he wanted to get to a game again and even though he was on sticks we managed to get him there and his choice of game was perfect we battered Newcastle United 4-0 it was a great game and a better day so much so that I wrote about it here www.cfcnet.co.uk stroke a-spiritual-return I'll say that again, www.cfcnet.co.uk slash a-spiritual-return. That piece really needs updating, and I'll get to it one day, but bits of it have aged well, I feel. Sadly, Dad died a couple of years ago, but the legacy remains. Him, his father before him, me, my sister, and my two nephews, all Chelsea. So for the people who get to games regularly, if you haven't already, take someone you care about. It makes the whole day that much better. And as my old man once said to me, never let the football spoil the day. Oh, Chidge, it's your it's your motto. A mutual friend of 
thoughts. Harry S once told me while I was bemoaning not being able to get to enough games that there's no rush. The club will still be there. I have the time or money to get to more games. The people we care about most of all might not be. Keep up the great work. Fond regards, Graham Fendel. And his Twitter handle is at Graham Fendel. G-R-A-H-A-M-E. F-E-N-D-L-E. G-R-A-H-A-M-E-F-E-N-D-L-E. Graham Fendel. Well, what a lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely email. And Graham is a delightful character, by the way, as well. Uh, the one thing I would say is that he, he, he subsequently emailed me and he's updated that blog that he said he was going to. And I'm going to email him back and ask him if I can publish it on the on the Chelsea Fancast website. But I think he, he, he's touched a nerve there, as did that interview that we did with uh, Joe last week, which I did for, for, for you know, that Hyundai uh, promotion. Um, really touched a nerve with a lot. It did with us at the time, I think. But the other thing is how how prescient of him when he says um, about you know not going to uh, what is it about Harry? You know, saying that uh, there's no rush. The club will still be there when I have the time I wanting to get to games. Well, it's kind of something that we all hope at the moment, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Right. Okay. I've got an email from Phil Stocks. He says, "Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and guest. Well, it's guest, sir." This week, Phil, but you weren't to know. Penning this email, as I said, at Brisbane Airport, waiting to travel to the Philippines for a few months of long service leave. Uh, I'm a bit sad. I hope you managed to get there, Phil. I'm a bit sad because I'll miss the excellent Premier League coverage that Optus provide here in Australia. Although amidst the COVID-19 business, I may not miss too much. I still enjoy the show, but it gets me every time when the Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea comes on, as it's exactly the same as my message ringtone on my bloody phone. I know it's part of the show. I know it's coming, but I still look at my phone. <laughs> also, a thought occurred to me while listening. Do you think any players listen to the show? You know, if you're talking about how poor someone was, for example, and what would they think? On the subject of ugly players, as suggested by Sue Droney, Jan Franco was no oil painting. Anyway, that's all for now. Keep up the brilliant work, Phil Stocks. Well, that's a good question. I wonder I wonder if any of the players do, in fact, listen to the show. I mean, my, my secret hope is they do, you know, well, because sometimes they need to hear it. Well, and I think, do you know, uh, I would say this is the same on the pod and shit. Any criticism of players is usually done constructively. It's backed up by um, the facts and the evidence uh, of the person who, who says it. We don't just sit there. I mean, you know, we've long been sat in the pub saying, you know, somebody goes, well, he's, he's shitting he. Is he? Why? Tell me why. Give me some give me some examples or whatever. You know, we will always call people out and say, you know, wh- wh- why do you think that? Why was he good last game? You know, it's, it's the thing about um, with the Boo Boys getting on to Ross Barkley and suddenly he has two or three good games on the trot. It's, it's always the same. And I, I, I find it a bit frustrating. You know, I've said this to you before about our, as, as a group of fans, our penchant for finding a Boo Boy amongst our own players. I, I just, it amuses me. I would hope any player listening to this is thinking, yeah, do you know what? It's harsh, but fair. Yeah, You're right. I think it's... Only people make their minds up early, don't they, about players? Rather yeah. than thinking he might come along and play well here, they almost want them to go, yeah. they've, they've got, right, he's bad, so that's it. I, I, yeah. now, I, I have a go at him. He's bad. You go, no, hang on, actually, he's playing quite well in this game. He's quite yeah, good. No, yeah. no, no, he's shit. No, 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 yeah. he really is playing well. No, that's it. I'm sorry. And any, any, if, if he then makes an error, they're immediately on his, on his back. It's, it's, uh, it's a kind it's of so- it's a societal you know. thing now, where where, yeah, where, where, yeah, where we've yeah. been kind of, or a lot of people have been sort of like you know brainwashed into ignoring facts. It, it, you can 
you know, they, they, they didn't believe facts in the first place. They didn't use facts as the basis for their opinion. So giving them facts isn't going to make any fucking difference. No. Is yeah. it, you know? Mm. I thought Jean I think, Franco was quite pretty, actually. I'm a, I must well, be, it depends on what angle you looked at him, I suppose. Mate, I, I wouldn't step over you to get to him, <laughs> put it that way. Um, Martin, I, I think it's the whole kind of, you know, criticism of players is a really interesting thing. I mean, my, my take on it, Martin, is that, you know, it's all about opinions and opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's got one uh, and it's a bit of a problem if there's no loo roll left. <laughs> and, some, and some of them stink more than others. Yeah. Um, oh, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I mean, constructive criticism... Don't think anyone should have an issue with that. I mean, there's a world of difference between, you know, what's said on here and other podcasts and some of the filth you see on, you know, the dark web end of Twitter where a player posts something and they get a raft of responses saying, yeah. leave my club and shit like that and worse yeah, yeah. things than that even. I think there's a, there's a, it's like a whole different continent really. And you should never lump what podcasts like this do in with that. And I think some journalists, if they want to, make too wide a point, make the mistake of um, doing that, lumping the two together. It's mm, a very good point, Martin, as I always expect and get from you. Uh, Jonathan, last, we've only got three this week, but they're all crackers. The next one's from Philip Kenley. Before Philip Kenley, can I just make a shout out to Stephen Payne, who listens to uh, to us, um, who wrote some lovely uh, lovely post about his dad. On uh, We were discussing my father and being a Chelsea fan, and he wrote some... Um, uh, really lovely things about his father, who is his ashes are buried on, on the pitch, in fact, um, which does say how much I appreciate it. Just want to have a mm. shout out to that. So, lovely sentiment. Um, good stuff. But anyway, um, Philip Kenley. Uh, so I'm bored with no footy this weekend and frustrated as for the first time in weeks, I was feeling confident that we could hold on and pull away from the pack behind us. Yeah, me too, Philip. Absolutely. I was even starting to think we may finish above Leicester and take third. Absolutely agree. So what I really want to do, as I love being disruptive, is challenge the cliché statement made by pundits and managers alike. It's a nice problem to have when referring to a selection dilemma due to an abundance of good options. It's often true, of course, but certainly not always so. It's bizarrely one of my concerns for Chelsea next season. It seems blatantly obvious to me that an oversupply of players who are training well, performing well, playing well can be a dangerous thing. Well, maybe not if your name is Klopp and your team are playing perfect football and no one can touch you or question any decision you make. But if you're a mortal and the press is waiting to pounce and supporters are entitled and waiting for the first sign of weakness to jump all over Twitter, I'm not sure you really do want too many sensible options. Not over the medium or long term, anyway. Even aside from the man management difficulties this raises, there is the all-human difficulty of having having players who are doing everything right, not getting any game time. And even worse, there is a development issue of young, in brackets, players who need games not being allowed to develop. OK, let's look at Chelsea 2020-21. How many first-team ready midfield players does one actually want in the squad? I would suggest maybe eight maximum. It would be unlucky to, have, to be caught short with that many in your squad. And let us assume we will never have a season like this one again. So who do we have for 2021? I would say set in stone, cast iron certainties. Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic, Mount, Gilmore, Kovacic, Zayec, Loftus-Cheek, recovery aside. Guaranteed off is Pedro. Yeah. Leaving William, possibly, Giorgino, possibly, and Barkley and Kante. Well, I've loved William and would love him to sign for another year or two but that doesn't look likely. I've loved Jorginho, but he's really been shown up by Gilmore, and I really do not want him to block Gilmore's development. 
So maybe time to part ways. Oh, Ross Barkley, we all love the player we think he could be, but we must have learnt he will always let us down in the end. So please, Chelsea, whilst we can, still get a big fee for him. Let him go. And then there's Kante. This is where one lets emotions get in the way of good judgment. A shrewd businessman probably tries to get PSG to pay silly money for him. But, well, he's one of our favourites ever. And can you imagine watching him play against us? So I say keep him and don't buy any other big midfielders. We have enough. And all we really need to become a real threat again is the the hardest thing of all, a top-class striker and a Virgil van Dijk-style leader of a centre-half, which we may be able to afford if, as discussed in recent weeks, we get the dross off our books. That'll do. Best wishes, Philip. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, who else is guaranteed off? Did we discuss? I can't remember. We got all the out of that lot. I mean, William, as he says, probably will go. Jorginho, be interesting. I don't think they will get rid of Jorginho. Um, uh, I don't think Loftus-Cheek will, will, will get up to standard with it. Um, uh, I'm not sure Adoy will either. I think they're, but we'll, you know, it's an inter- these are very interesting points because, but once again, the whole thing is thrown right up in the air because of the the uh, the coronavirus. Because um, people come to the end of contracts, we discussed on Friday, Chidge, and uh, um, what uh, 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 um, who will be available, who wants to come back, where where who will be in the Champions League. This is all very relevant to repurchase. This. It's um, another point no, no as well. Of, uh, yeah. So we've got Hakim Ziyech due to come in on the 1st of July. Yeah. If the season's not completed by the 1st of July, does that get delayed until Ajax complete their season? There's a lot of this. I've actually got something on here that I've read off The Athletic about out-of-contract players on, the, on June the 30th, that they be permitted to sign week-by-week rolling deals should the season extend beyond that date. Is that with their old club? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fair. I think they'll just need to make an announcement, don't they, saying you can't join the club until the season's ended, if the season's going to end. Yeah. That, that's the dilemma. They've got to make that decision, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting who they actually end up buying and who ends up just because of the contract situation, but also what how Frank views the views the team. I, you know, I have to say, I think it's unlikely now that they'll try and get a new goalkeeper. They've obviously worked... We haven't talked about this at all. They've obviously worked an enormous amount with Kepa because he was a very different goalkeeper those last two games. I know it was helped by the defence being more solid, but he seemed yeah. to me to be much more, in, you know, for a start, he's wearing a black outfit. Bloody yeah. hell, what was that about? And, yeah. he, and he, he seemed to be much more keen to vocal. get out of the, uh, out, off the goal line, which I haven't and, seen before. And, and more vocal. Yes, yes. Michael, which has yes. always been my thing that, you know, I, there's what I always liked about Peter Schmeichel was he basically put the fear of God into anybody around him. Uh, you know, even Roy Keane wouldn't argue with him. Um, and I always thought that was quite an admirable trait. I, 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 I looked at this and think, yeah, it's a nice problem to have. It is a nice problem to have uh, uh, the, the whole over-selection thing. Klopp has got it right. He's done very well there. But that's a, that's a measure of Klopp's man management skills and I think Frank is very much built of the same ilk and I think that comes very much from being a recent ex-player I think he knows uh, and he will have seen enormous amounts of 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 how bad man management you know not least of all because you know we've we've, we've seen the best and the worst of it in uh, in our coaches and our managers um, of, of what not to do um, I think the Kante thing is, is intriguing me because I said you know um you know, sort of midway through the season, probably time to let him go. If he's made a glass, 
get what you can for him. Um, he, he's been out more than he's been in this season. Uh, have we missed him? I don't think we've missed him massively. Um, I think there's there's opportunities there for for others to step into that. So, and it's controversial because it's a bit like selling matter, isn't it? You know. But uh, yeah, that's. I think. I think the difficult thing is, and I think Jonathan hit the nail on the head here, I think because of what's happened and because of the uncertainty, we don't even know if and when the season will be finished. It's just thrown everything up in the air. And I think the worst part of that is that right now we won't, I mean, we will never see the season come to a natural conclusion. In other words, because we've had this, you know, even if it does finish, it won't finish for maybe six months. And that, that's a massive time period. So, you know, we could see where this was going to go. We could say, yeah, William will be off definitely, Giroud probably, Pedro probably, Jorginho maybe, Kante deep intake of breath perhaps, Barkley perhaps. We could have seen how this was all playing out. But everything's just been put in stasis. And that's, that is going to really screw things up, I fear, including getting players in. And I think that Phillips... Last point is absolutely brilliant, and, and I, I think he's absolutely right with this. I think the thing that we are lacking most of all at the moment is not only a top-class striker, uh, you know, a 2025 goal-a-season merchant, world-class, but a Virgil van Dijk-style leader of a centre-half, because I think that is clearly what we're also lacking, somebody who can marshal that defence. But, I mean, you know, everything's up in the air now, and, and I, I, that, that is going to cause us problems, no doubt about it. Wow. Anyway, what a note to end on. Uh, three brilliant emails. Not many, but brilliant, I have to say. So well done to all of you for sending them in. And don't forget, do not forget people. And I think particularly at this moment in time, you know, we, we, we might end up doing a show just of your emails. So we need them more than ever. If you want us to carry on, keep 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 calm and carry on fancasting, then we need you to keep on sending wonderful emails in every week as you do and i mean it's a good opportunity really to to kind of ask us questions about all sorts of stuff so you know a good idea to send them in now and you can send them every week to chelseafancast at gmail.com make sure you do it before a monday because then it gives me a chance to get them into the script before the monday night show so i look forward to receiving even more emails from you than normal anyway uh right quick shout out for uh, a couple of things patreon uh, don't forget, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea fancast patron. Uh, it does help me cover the cost of running uh, lots and lots of shows uh, and hopefully carry on doing that. Uh, but there's really absolutely no pressure. I mean, I really, you know, as little as you want, as much as you want, I really don't mind. It's, there's no pressure at all. Uh, but if you do, uh, it, it takes a little bit of money from you every month. And it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea fancast. Uh, and, uh, well, I mean, all my plans of doing great, wonderful, you know, kind of uh exclusive content views slightly scuppered by there being no football but jonathan and i will get our thinking hats on and see what we can come up with instead uh now i think and i'm pretty sure about this that the delightful uh dj and cfc uk also like us manfully intend to carry on in spite of the fact there's no football i know this because there's a deadline for me to write an article that is very imminent uh, of course, you might also figure out that it's going to be a problem picking it up on a match day. And I, for one, will miss uh, the shouts on a match day of, Ari up, it's only a pound. It's amazing how much you can miss that, but I already am. Uh, but do not fear, because you can still uh, be able to get Chelsea's number one fanzine. Uh, you can get it digitally, of course, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Or cfcuk can also be bought via post. Yes, mail, snail mail. Uh, it'll cost you £2, including first-class postal delivery. To order your copy by the post, I'm going to have to do this myself, I think, uh, send uh, your address via email and pay using PayPal to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. 
So there you go. I should read that again. If you want, if you still want to get your copy of CFC UK and you can't get it at the match because obviously there are no matches, you can get it uh, for two quid, which includes first class postal delivery. To order it, send the address via email, your address via email, and pay using PayPal to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. Uh, and if you're in the USA, same rules apply, I think. Um, you can follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. Uh, or subscribe digitally or of course get hold of Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore right goodness gracious me that is all we've got time for this week we will be back next Monday football or no and Jonathan and I will be joined by football.london's Ollie Harbord long time since we've had Ollie on the show isn't it Jonathan oh, an eternity I thought I don't know what happened to him um, he, he put a post up on Twitter saying what can we talk about now there's no football but uh, um, so I'll have to uh, send him a note suggesting a few things I'm sure he knows about other things other than football well we'll find out next week won't we we will other than that, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, so that'll be exciting. I've got a few ideas, as you know, so we'll uh, we'll keep on that this week. Now, before all of that, we'll be back on Love Sport Radio this Friday, inshallah, uh, where we'll be joining Matt uh, Beadle, probably down the phone line again, I would imagine, JK. Yes. Uh, 7 till 8 p.m., uh, talking Chelsea, so do give it a listen. Don't forget, of course, that I'll also be doing the Sunday Love Sport Breakfast Show from 8 o'clock till 12 p.m. every Sunday with Paul Mortimer. Uh, and on both of those, you can phone in and join the show uh, and debate with us live. The number to call is 0208 508. And, of course, Love Sport is now a national radio station uh, and is broadcast on all your digital channels, plus radio player, tune in, lovesportradio.com. And uh, like this show, we put it up as a podcast after the show uh now as well as uh uh you know the fact that you can get chelsea fancasts on everything from you know chelseafancasts.com acast apple soundcloud spotify uh you can also get it uh via an app that these lovely people from cfc blues have uh so wonderfully organized as they tell us here for chelsea fans everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you for match highlights interviews and the best chelsea videos and podcasts Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Right, so you can also you can also follow us on Twitter. Why would you not do that? Uh, it's at Chelsea Fancast. I'm at Stanford Chid. Jonathan's at Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Martin is at Martin Wickham. And it, it, it is Martin Wickham, there's, isn't it? There's Martin? an underscore in there, mate. I, do you know what? I, I looked at that and I thought, I'm sure there's an underscore in there. So it's at Martin underscore Wickham. And Tony, for reasons known only to himself, is at <laughs> Grocer Jack UK. Indeed. So there you go. Uh, also, our other buddies that are on the show a lot, Dean Mears at Dean Mears, Marco at Gate17, Marco, Joe Tweedy at Joe Tweedy, Clayton at Goldie59, Dan at DanSilv73, Liam at Liam underscore Toomey, and Alex at CFCGWLB. And don't forget our lovely writers on the uh, ChelseaFanGuys.com website at Nick Stroudley, at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, and of course, as I said before, at CFCGWBLB. And a big thank you to Dane Whittle, who, of course, uh, does all of our Instagram stuff, who always needs a massive slap on the back for being such a trooper, because I don't understand how Instagram works. Anyway, you can find us there at Chelsea Fancast, so go and have a look there. Right, that's it. Uh, Martin, absolute delight to have you on the show for the first time for a while. It's great having you on, actually. You, you, add, uh, you, you, you went down very well last time you were on, actually. You got a lot of love, more than we normally get. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I hope it continues with the um, lack of football content, so I've got to find other things to talk bollocks about for two hours. <laughs> too right, mate. 
Too right. Let's keep football out of football, mate. Absolutely. That's what yeah. I, you know, it's always been my motto. Quite right, too. Tony, always a delight having you on the show, Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, mate. Real pleasure to be here. And, uh, and and who knew that four blokes could sit there talking about not football for two and a half hours? <laughs> who knew? Uh, I, I have to be honest. I knew. Yes, exactly. I always knew. This is why we're carrying on. Uh, but what a carry on with you two. Brilliant having you both on the show. Keep well, you two, Thank whatever you, yeah. you do. Well, and, uh, yeah, you too, mate. M- you. Mr. Kidd, uh, as always, a delight and a pleasure. I look forward to speaking to you again on Friday. I shall be there. I shall be uh, attached to a phone. And, uh, yes. and I await your promptings because at the moment I've got no clue what to talk about. But you'll prod me and I'll start. I'll start off. I've got no idea. What, I really have no idea what we're going to talk about on Friday. But you know me, I'll come up with something. And uh, Matt, Matt if, if not, I'll just say, you know what, Matt, it's time for you to earn your money. You come up with a running order this week. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, why not? Maybe, maybe I should. Anyway, we'll. Yeah, but I can't because I'm such a control freak. I couldn't possibly let anybody else write the running order other than me. You know that. <laughs> uh, but Jonathan, uh, as always, brilliant having uh, having you with me on a Monday evening. It's uh, cheered me up no end. You keep well yourself, mate, because I mean, you know, basically you're you're at, you are an at risk group, so you know we do we do worry about you. So yes, don't I'll don't. Worry. I'll try not to be in future. Yeah. Keep keep doing the hand sanitizing. Wash your hands. Uh, no no coughing or don't let don't go any don't go go near anybody with germs. Do not go to the tube. Do not uh, go to. I'm the playing club. cricket we... tomorrow night. The nets. I've got a net Brilliant. tomorrow night with uh, um, so uh, um, and I'll try not to handle the ball very often. Well, no spitting on the ball and uh, rubbing it on you. You know what? No. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, look. Just, look. Keep well. Seriously, mate. Because I worry about you. I have my own ball and I'll bowl off spin. No, I'm trying. I've, I've attempted to go to the um, uh, the doctor today and uh, to be informed. They wondered in. I couldn't get in, and they cancelled all appointments and they weren't letting anybody in. I said, "How am I supposed know. to? What? I'd like some advice, please, as to what I was supposed to do." Well, you can phone somebody. I said, "Can they phone me?" Oh, would you like that? Yes, please. Can a doctor phone me, please, rather than shutting down? So it's a scary time. Just let me tell they you. Oh, indeed. Well, look. Uh, keep safe you boys we need you for this show so don't don't let me down uh right now not that i'm selfish in any way at all of course uh now uh also you lot in mixler um you take care too because uh i love having you join us on a monday i hope we've managed to brighten up your monday evening you've certainly brightened up ours by all your wonderful comments as ever and we will see you all next week uh until then thank you for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chels It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 